Dave Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, happy Thursday, Jacksonville. What a day around here again. I mean, what a week we're having right now. It's awesome out. Feels a little suburbish, but not too crazy warm. Absolutely love it. The Jags have made some cuts. Cody Kessler, goodbye. I think they'll make some more. David Williams along the way. The running back, uh... If you're thinking like Telvin Smith or someone like that's going to get cut today, that's not happening. Um, that is not the word. But uh, there may have been. We've just uh, been doing some things, so there might have been a couple more trickle in. I've heard there might be some names uh, that you do know. And one I think is pretty interesting. Uh, and also there are some cuts that might indicate why the Jags went after linebackers. It might not just be a Telvin Smith uh, situation. So uh, we'll get into that as the show goes along. Rookie minicamp starts up. How about a little rookie hazing story? Nobody's going to get in trouble, right? I got a couple of them, man, and actually I think one might involve you where I'm not happy with you for something. Wow, like that happened when you were a rookie? Yeah, let's see how good your memory is. Wow, awesome. I love it. You love it. I, uh... A little bad blood in here. A little, little bad blood to start off the Thursday. Fear the deer. I mean, hey, I, come on. You know, all, all we need was five games. You know, I, mean, I understand how we're not supposed to be biased. We're not supposed to have teams on, you know, like your your favorite teams talk about on the radio show. Well, <laughs> go Bucks. You know, fear the deer. Uh Go Brewers, you know. I mean, Milwaukee just dominating right now. Uh, Boston, I heard the whole time, oh, they're a deep team, a lot of talent, really finding themselves going into the playoffs. Uh, well, you can't win them all, I guess, Brent, and I can't wait to collect my money at the gym that people owe me, and it's just, it's a good Thursday overall. By the way, if people bet the Celtics and bet a lot of money on them, I think they're a little nuts. Uh, but I think this is... I uh, I used to love the Celtics. Mm -hmm. I, I don't sit here and profess my affinity for the Celtics. I didn't do so in 2000 and whatever that was, eight, when, maybe when the big three and they won it. Yeah. Um, I'm I, I just a different kind of fan. I, I'm not a Celtics fan anymore. I mean, I was a Larry Bird fan. I loved those Celtics years, but just not a Celtics fan like that. Uh, the only fan I always say is a, of Red Sox. I still follow and, and still kind of keep an eye on their standings and all that. But uh, I think there are some teams that are fun to root for. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's in the blood now. I like Milwaukee. But I do think Milwaukee's a really fun team to root for. I, I think based off Giannis, I mean, how do you not like that guy, right? He's a very likable dude, the Greek Very freak. humble, too. Like, Absolutely. not in the media. And I get it. I mean, you know, he's not American. So there is, um, you know, there is some kind of translation with the accent. But super humble guy. Doesn't say anything controversial. Just a, an all-around good dude. You know what I loved? What's is that? he got the question last night that every sideline reporter asks after a win and you advance. And it's two minutes after. And he gets asked, what, who do you think or what do you think about the next series, Toronto uh, or Philadelphia? And he actually answered the question because all the American players or most players would say, I just got this over. We're going to have to go look at film, and uh, and I'll let you know what I think tomorrow or something like that. You know, everybody asks the question. But in, 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 in fairness to all the people that answer it that way, it's like you just got done with this series. How, how are you supposed to have too many thoughts about what's next, although they're smart enough to know what's on the other side? But I love Giannis's response of it actually had some depth to it. Like, he answered the question. Like, yeah. he knew that what was on the table. He knew that, and then he kind of flipped it back on Milwaukee. So I like that. The other part is... 
they love the star. Uh, Giannis is fun to root for. I think they're, they're such an underdog. Like, who the heck is Milwaukee? Who are these other guys? Can you name four guys on their team if you haven't watched the NBA very much this year? And then you're wearing a shirt that I would say, can you go buy me one? Are these shirts? Yeah, like Fear the Deer is I cool. I can get you one, man. Fear the Deer is cool. Like I, I, I would wear that shirt okay. even though I don't root for Milwaukee. That's my point. Like that's a very cool shirt. Well, and it's funny too because on social media, Fear the because I mean obviously that's kind of like their hashtag is Fear the Deer. Yeah. And it gets met with some scrutiny because people want to say, oh, what's so scary about a deer? I'm like, listen, one with red eyes it, like that is scary. It rhymes first of all, okay, so that helps. And there's really no good like team chant in any sport. I mean, what is Boston's uh, big slogan? Rise up? Well, they all have these dumb slogans now, yeah. right? Yeah, it, was, because it was Rise Up, I think. I it saw was the t-shirt. Yeah, they cool. all get one. Like, but that, they really to? have that one. Well, yeah, but Rise Up, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. Are, are we going to church? What, what are we doing? So, well, doesn't Atlanta have that? Maybe they have. I have no idea. I don't so know. That's, that's kind of my point. Well, like, like, Golden State has strength in numbers. I don't mind that one, but it's like strength in Steph Curry and yeah. strength in Clay Thompson. I, I'm not saying like uh, I, I'm not criticizing the the cliches and I the just little don't care. Yeah, I mean, I really don't care. Everybody comes up with stuff. But yeah. the funny, someone was broadcasting the game. I think it was Game Four, and they said so much for strength in numbers. The bench has scored eight out of the 119 <laughs> points or something for Golden State. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. It was yeah. a good little reference to that. But anyway, I think uh, Milwaukee's a fun team. I think it's a cool team, kind of an underdog team. Yet they shouldn't be an underdog team. They are a they're, very, very good they're team. They have the so. best record in the NBA. And Absolutely. getting back to Giannis quick, my favorite Giannis interview, I'm not sure if you've seen this one, it's when he was playing in L.A. and TMZ actually got a hold of him and tried to interview him. And, like, so if you don't know about Giannis, he hates, like, he really hates the spot. Like, he, he hates being, like, you know, the center of attention, and he hates, like, a, like a big crowd and things like that. So, obviously, when TMZ comes on board, uh, yeah. um, it's kind of a big deal. So, just watching him and just his cringeworthiness of, like, being comfortable, it's like, that's what I want to see because one day Giannis is going to be a free agent, and he's not going to want to go to L.A. He's not going to want to go to New York. He's going to want to stay in that small market like Milwaukee. So, I'm like, by all means, TMZ, keep interviewing yeah. him. Keep making him feel uncomfortable because that's good for Milwaukee. He's He's a refreshing. He's yeah. a refreshing guy uh, in the NBA in terms of stars. Uh, so that's cool. Obviously, the big story in the NBA, and we'll get to it, Kevin Durant, and what does it mean, and what's the latest, and how the heck did Steph Curry and company continue to, to persevere in that fourth quarter and win, and how the heck. I, here we go again. James Harden. He, he had turned it on, man. He had turned it on. Those, that overtime, the couple of shots. Then last game, I thought he was sensational. And this game, through three quarters, he was super efficient and good. Yet, how can he have 16 shot attempts, Austin Lane, in a game? How can Harden, potentially the MVP, have 16 shot attempts and 10 free throws? And Eric Bledsoe, I'm not, not Bledsoe, I'm thinking Milwaukee now. Yep. Um, uh, who, who's uh, PJ Tucker? No, no, the other guy. Come on. Uh, oh, uh, Chris Paul. No, the other one that keeps that's playing really well. Uh, <laughs> he, had, he had thirty the other night. My goodness gracious. Uh, come on, name one more. Uh, you got it. Uh, totally hang on, yeah, hang on. I'm thinking. Um, I'll get it for you. I got it because hang I on. got his stats. Uh, Eric Gordon, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Gordon, Gordon and Bledsoe are like two, two of the same guys to me. I know. But okay. uh, Eric Gordon, how can he have 14 shot attempts? I totally ruined that take. Uh, <laughs> and six free throws. 14 shot attempts and six free throws. And Harden has 16 shot attempts and 10 free throws. 
How does that happen? How do you get three points in the final quarter of a critical game when they are down a man? I'm not even going to give you the Draymond Green stuff. That happened in the last 60 seconds of the game. But, I mean, the Durant stuff, he leaves the game. They're stunned. What's going on? Take over the game, Harden. And they, by the way, Gordon hit a couple of big shots. Other guys hit some big shots. The bottom line is when you score 99 points and you lose by five in game five in a big swing game and you get a break like that and, and nobody's rooting for injuries, but you got a break for Durant. How does the potential MVP of the league have three points? I think if my I, – I went back and tweeted this last night. He had – not taken a shot from the field since the 8.56 mark of the fourth quarter. That was with like 30, 40 seconds to go. How does that happen in the NBA? How does that happen if you're a star player? I mean, we are going, if I'm in Houston today, I am like, are you kidding me? We had this game. We had a chance to steal it. We rallied from 20 down, which was fantastic. We get a huge break with Durant going out. Yeah, Curry and Thompson come alive a little bit. But our guy, oh. we got the MVP. We've got the MVP is what I'm saying in Houston. And what did he do for us? He put us on our back. Oh, no, he didn't. He got three points and hardly would take a shot in the final quarter. How in the world does that happen I mean, in sports today? To be fair, Giannis only had 20 points last night. You know, I mean, didn't like, need you know, it. other people got to say, other people got to step up with those, what I'm saying. Didn't and need listen. It. If Giannis needed to go to the rack and shoot and score, he would have yesterday. Mm, okay. I'm just going to say, though, with, with the Warriors and the Rockets, and I get what you're saying, oh, Kevin Durant went down, like that was your opportunity, and then that, that was kind of the... That was the collective agreement on, on social media was Kevin Durant went down. You, you got to win that game. Pump the brakes for a second because back in 2015, the Warriors didn't have Kevin Durant. They had two guys called the Splash Brothers. They had Draymond Green. They had Harrison Barnes, and they had Andrew Bogan. That was it. Well, they had Andre Angodala, too, who's, I don't know, been around for 40 years, it seems like. But, like, I, I get Durant going down was a huge momentum swing, but you people forget, like, how good the Splash Brothers can be. Now, granted... Curry hasn't really found his touch. He hasn't really found his rhythm. It seems like this whole series. Uh, the last game, um, you know, the, the other Splash brother did a little bit, I guess I would say. But Clay Thompson, yeah. Clay Thompson did. But I'm not worried if Kevin Durant's going to be on an extended period of time. I, I'm really not. I mean, I think, the, and like we said, strength in numbers. That's the power of the Golden State Warriors. Yes. Yeah, somebody asked me on social media last night, can they still win? I said, yeah, they can still win. But the bottom line is when he went out of the game, then they had a, Houston was tied neck and neck. They were stunned. The whole place was stunned. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. And and Steph Curry was not playing well. And this is where I think we have to be careful not to give enough credit to Curry, because Curry I think is a guy that we've we've talked about. Like, can you win with just him? Would you build that around just him? Would you? I think those questions are fair. And he has really struggled in this series. Mm-hmm. Has not been good. But when Durant goes out of the game, this is exactly what I'm talking about with Harden. What Harden, when Durant goes out of the game, Harden needs to say, like, it's mine now. This is my series. I'm, you know what happened? Curry said, it's mine now, and I'm going to get it. Follow me, boys. I've sucked right now until this point, but wait until you see what I'm about to do. And 
he delivered. You got to give credit to Curry. I mean, it was fantastic. He went to the line at one time in that fourth quarter, and the crowd's chanting MVP. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> MVP of what? Like some Reckley? Yeah. Reckley thing? I mean, he's like number nine or 10 or 11 on the list of MVPs in this series. Yeah. But they believed in him. He believed in himself. It's, it reminded me of the late 90s Yankees. It's like, if you made a mistake against the Yankees, or if it was the ninth inning against the Yankees, and the Red Sox have had this at Fenway Park sometimes in some of their magical seasons, you just know they're coming back. Well, you got a feel in that fourth quarter that Curry was about to make some shots, and he did exactly that. So you have to give, your, uh, give him a ton of credit for stepping up in Durant's uh, absence. And I'm not saying from a strength and numbers point of view, Austin. I'm saying from a mental shock, oh my goodness, what's going on? Did he just rupture his Achilles? Whatever it might be. All those thoughts that go through probably a team in that moment. And by the way, you had just wasted a 20-point lead. So the mental toughness of uh, the Warriors and the execution of Thompson and especially Curry, I thought was pretty tremendous. I don't want to steal from that, even though I am ripping Harden because he no, did nothing. No, for sure, and, and he deserves it. I mean, if, if you're supposed to be the MVP candidate, yes, you are supposed to step up and um, put the team on your back. You're supposed to be like LeBron James, supposed to be like Giannis if it came down to it. Well, let me ask you this question, though. Do you like James Harden better when Chris Paul is not on the floor? Because the Rockets that I've seen all season... When Chris Paul wasn't, you know, when, when he wasn't on the floor, Harden was running the point, and he was scoring almost every other shot. It, it seemed like he had to take more initiative to put the team on his back. Now, granted, Clint Capella was out, too, as well. But it's not like Capella's done anything this whole series. I mean, he's been kind of okay. I mean, He's been getting rebounds. Okay. But let's be honest, Brent, for, for a team that's been, and I've said a couple times in this show, for a team that's missing Cousins right now, I mean, I understand Draymond Green's a pretty good defender, but you mean to tell me you can't take it to the post on Draymond Green? Yeah. Come on. So... Well, they did enough because they got him in foul trouble. He fouled out. Yeah, but do you think Chris Paul's an issue? Well, he struggled shooting the ball. I thought he was an issue. I thought he was an issue. Go back to that overtime game. I ripped Harden and Paul because I thought their play down the stretch was atrocious. And then they got nine lives in that game and was able to pull away anyway. But I thought they were atrocious. I think Paul has been okay. I know he didn't shoot well yesterday. What was it, three or 14? Yeah. But I think that here's the deal with Houston, man, and we'll talk more about it. But I think they are getting so much contribution from guys like Tucker and guys like Gordon that what can, more can you ask for? Even if you have a little bit of a, a, a sluggish game from a guy like Chris Paul, Harden should be there to back you up. And if, if Harden's struggling a little bit, then that's when Paul has to step up. That's the way it works. I'm not sure LeBron and Kyrie Irving clicked every single time. We're seeing it this series. Durant, Thompson, Curry, they don't click all the time. I think you have those multiple stars to be able to fill the shoes when another guy's having a bad night. But what they are getting out of those other players is good enough to win. You can't ask for much more. And I just think in that situation last night, and by the way, great job by the Rockets to get two in a row and then get it back to even, even last night going into the fourth quarter. But that's when you say it's my time. And uh, Harden didn't do that. So, and I'm I'm saying, you know, I mean, there's one point a couple years ago where Chris Paul was one of the best point guards in the entire NBA. Yeah. Even, even last year, before he got hurt in the playoffs, one could argue he was one of the better point guards of the NBA. So you can't come into a game, you can't shoot 21%, you can't shoot 36% in game four. I mean, I understand Harden, it's going to fall on him every single time. He's the face of that franchise. But Chris Paul was brought in there to be a game a difference maker as well. And for a while, the last couple seasons, he has been. But for whatever reason, the past couple games, he hasn't been that guy, whether it's passing the ball or whether it's shooting. Listen, at the end of the day, man, I would rather, I get that. 
Um, <laughs> and I think, I'm not going to sit here and say Chris Paul's an average player. I think he's an overrated player at this stage of his career. I don't think he's a $140 million guy, whatever he is. But Harden, I would rather come in here today and say Harden went 3 for 15 in the fourth quarter than he went 1 for 3. <laughs> you know, no, I, and, yeah. and that to me is the story from the Houston side. Yeah. It just stops right there. But there is a Golden State side of it. We'll talk about later in the show. What does it mean for Durant? What does it mean for Golden State? And it was a gutsy win, man. I mean, they are champions. They are very good. They are talented. They are stacked. But they also showed a lot of guts last night. I mean, it's easy to say, hey, you're stacked. You're better than everybody else. Last night, they had to go a little gut check time. And so you give them credit uh, for doing that. When we come back, let's talk some football. The Jags make some cuts. Rookie minicamp on the way. we got a little rookie hazing story from Austin Lane on the way in the show. I'm going to bring up a, a topic that, and I'm going to try like hell here to avoid being political with it. Because I don't have a political stance on it. But I know many people do. Marijuana in the NFL. Uh -oh. Marijuana in the NFL. We're going to go there today? Hot topic. Yeah, we're going to go there today. Hot topic alert. That's dangerous. It is dangerous. It's a dangerous man. topic to yeah. go to. We're going to go to it. Uh, and, and I think uh, we'll elaborate on it probably more on other shows, but we are going to hit it uh, for a bit on the show this afternoon. Thanks for hanging with us on a Thursday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Forget about everything I just talked about and teased. We got some breaking news on the show. Was there a couple of days ago we were talking about Telvin Smith. Did we entertain the idea that retirement could be a possible option? No, I said injuries. I didn't say retirement. I well, did. He, he hasn't retired. No, but he has just put on social media that he is not going to play football in 2019. Yep. Um. Wow. I mean, do, should we should probably read what I'm going to read it right, right? now. Okay. So Telvin Smith, Telvin Smith uh, just uh, put this out on Instagram. It was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I just ask you all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about, but I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I do decide to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love you all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag ten toes down. You feel me? Love. Now, we go back to what he said the other day, and he said in that Instagram post, you will get some news if you already don't have it later in the week. Well, here he is on Thursday, a couple of days later, delivering the news. And when we were talking about the Telvin Smith post, we brought up a couple of things. Yes, injury. Uh, we brought up, is he mad about a contract? We played the scenario, what if the NFL is suspending or looking into something he's doing or did, or could there be a possible suspension? And we're trying to play every scenario. And we also brought up, uh, just for a moment, I have to go, uh, unless I was just thinking this, but I believe we even mentioned, could he be walking away from the game? And I had somebody text me that, and I didn't really have too much information to go beyond that. But somebody said the thoughts are there's some talk that he might retire. They told me earlier in the week, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But think about Telvin Smith's life the last couple of years. He lost his brother. Uh, he was in a shooting, and that was obviously a very emotional time. He signed this big contract. 
he comes from Veldasta. We just did a piece on him uh, last year. Actually, it was earlier this year, uh, Super Bowl time. And we had gone home with him in the fall to where he grew up. And, I mean, he grew up in nothing. You know, it's a guy that made it and made it big. And I know that that when he lost his brother, it hit him really, really hard. Um, I think he has a big family, a lot of people that, that, that lean on him that uh, uh, he feels probably he needs to take care of. And then you add the injuries in. And somebody, when they told me about the retirement, said the concussions. And I'm trying to think of how many concussions Telvin Smith had or maybe might have had. He missed a couple of games two years ago, I think it was, at the end of the regular season because of concussions. I'm trying to go back to last year. I'm going to have to look this up a little closer, but I don't think he suffered a concussion last season. Uh, I don't remember that. It's not off the top of my head, but I'll have to go back and dig that up. But he obviously indicates in this post on Instagram, if you just joined us, Telvin Smith saying, and now quote from Instagram, I just ask you all to respect my decision to not play football this season. This season. That doesn't mean retirement. No, nope. uh, but it means he's taken some time off. And earlier in his post, he says that this time must take away from the time away from this game and get my world in order. That's interesting. That could be big. That could be a lot of things. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. Did he feel not only was he unhealthy, but does he feel like something in his life is spiraling, yeah, where he um, has to go catch it before he gets out of control? And if that is the case, that's pretty admirable to be able to catch it in uh, in this time frame. We're going to continue to learn more information about this. It just came down, and he just uh, put this out at 3.18, so six minutes ago. But Telvin Smith says he is not playing football in 2019 for the Jacksonville Jaguars or for anybody. So, like as I've said before on the show, I've met Telvin a couple times, and the one thing that became obvious when I met him and had conversations with him is that we always talked football. You know, like, I mean... Uh, I love the game of football myself, but I usually don't talk it, um, you know, especially like when I first meet somebody. But, like, I could see the passion. I could see the um, the love in his eyes for the game of football. So, despite of, you know, what kind of career, what kind of season he had last year, forget all that. The fact is the guy loves the game of football. That's, that's apparent. That's evident. So, when he says that he's walking away from the game for the season, I mean, I think this was a decision that probably wasn't the easiest for him. But I support him 100% because we don't really know if it's more of an injury, if it's a if it's a head thing, if it's with his family, whatever the reason is. Though it takes it takes a big person to realize something's not right, whether it's with your health, whether it's with your family, whether it's with something, whatever. Something's not right in his life, and he's taking priority to go fix it. And at the end of the day, our job is to talk football. Yes, and and I played football, but football is just a game. Okay, there's life after football. There is more things besides football. So the fact that he's taking it upon himself to walk away, and we don't know if it's going to be for this just this season or for for the rest of his career, um, I completely support him because he's trying to get his life back together. He's trying to get his life in order. He's trying to be a better person. And I know it's not an easy decision for him to make, but he's probably made the best one, uh, judging by what he said. So. More power to him, and um, I wish him all the best. I really do. I am going to walk completely around this story, okay? And I appreciate your thoughts on that. And that's my first reaction, too. But I do want to bring up something that he says in here. I need to get my world in order. What does that mean? You know, what does that mean? Does it, my, my point is, hey, it's admirable to be able to say I need to take a step back and see this stuff. But 
did he get himself into a situation? I mean, we can only talk so much admiration if a guy got himself into a situation that's not the best situation to be in. And I'm not saying that's the case. We're just trying to interpret an Instagram a couple of days after we interpreted an Instagram message. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of details right now. But I also, I don't want to sit here and put Telvin Smith on a pedestal if he did something wrong to get himself in that situation is my point. I'm not saying well, you're doing that. No, I just think okay, we have to be careful then, to do that. Let's just analyze it then. So say he did get in trouble and say um, he might have messed up whether it's with the drug policy or something completely different, whatever. Let's say he got in trouble. I mean... You have two options then. You either make up excuses and you keep on playing the game, or you take time away, you self-evaluate, and you get better. I mean, that's all you can ask of a human being. So I don't know if he got in trouble or not. If he did get in trouble and he, he decided to do this and I'm taking him by his word because that's all I have of him, then good for him too. He, he said he's, I mean, the, the guy literally said he's getting time to get back to himself, his family, and his health. And at the end of the day, those are, you know, the, the most three important things. And I'm sorry to say it, but... Football comes uh, a lot farther down the line than that. those three things. So, like I said, props to him. Oh, and here's another thing to consider also. You're getting this information straight from him, or at least straight through social media from him. So it's not coming from an agent. It's not coming from a team. It's not coming from a filter. It's him owning his responsibility for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, guy, hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I just, we cover athletes all the time that do things that we don't applaud. And I'm just, I don't, I want to be a little careful here to just make sure we're not jumping into a situation where it's a bigger, deeper situation that we won't be applauding Telvin Smith. And this is just the way he's got to so, do it. I mean, what if he were, I, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out. What if, uh, what if, if a player gets suspended for a year, well, now you're taking a year off. Well, so it looks like he's taking a year off, but he really could have got suspended or something like, you know what I mean? We just don't know any details right now. Well, so I think we just, but what we do know, I think your takes are fine. And I, I agree with you. I think good for him for recognizing something. But I will also ask this question. It, and, and I'm going to ask you this uh, with probably zero insensitivity. <laughs> but you played sure. the game. Yep. And the reaction in that locker room today. What do you think it is about the 53 guys that played with him last year, the guys that are coming back, a guy that wore a C on his jersey yeah. and, and now says in May, I'm out. Do you think this is the first that they're hearing of it? Do you really think that his teammates are going to go on Twitter, go on Instagram, see this and be completely shocked that Telvin Smith's not coming back to that locker room? Absolutely not. I guarantee those guys in that locker room, the starters, his friends, his his co-workers, his peers, whatever you want to call them, they knew this was coming a long time ago. I mean, I don't say a long time ago, but th th they knew this was coming. This isn't the first that they're hearing about it. Because I guarantee people, I mean, if <laughs> listen, I, I guarantee Guys reached out to Telvin when, you know, there was the discrepancies of, well, he's not reaching out to the, the coaches and yada, yada, yada. And then we're blowing it up. I mean, teammates reach out to other teammates. And Telvin wasn't going to lie to his teammates and be like, ah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to talk to anybody. No, I guarantee they had a dialogue. And I'm sure Telvin said something where the lines were lying. Like, listen, I'm, I'm contemplating not coming back to the team this year. Um, I got to take, take care of some things, yada, 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 whatever. And... It is what it is. Like, if I'm Telvin's teammate, if I'm in that locker room right now, there's no way that even an ounce of me is shocked that he's not coming because I already knew that. Okay, well, if you already knew it when you found it out, is there any sense of you saying, really, dude? I mean, we got this great defense. We got this, uh, you're a captain. You're our guy. I mean, you just signed a big deal. 
uh, a couple years ago. I, again, I'm just I'm not no, trying I, to be insensitive I, here. I'm asking I know you're the devil's advocate, man. It's all good. Is, is is there a sense in anyone in that locker room? Do you believe it's like this guy's quitting on us? No, because at the end of the day, like I said, yeah, Super Bowls are important, and it's a game you've been playing since you were a kid. But if he's trying to better himself, if he's trying to better his family and his health as a teammate, you support that decision. And there there might be somebody bitter for whatever reason, and that's on them. But I think the overall co- you know, the overall collective of that locker room is nothing but support. I guarantee Tobin uh, released this statement, and a bunch of his teammates reached out to him and you know offered him the best wishes. There, uh, no, I, I don't think people are bitter. Uh, I'm waiting on a statement from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are. That was my next thing. The, are, how much are, are aware are they? <laughs> now they are fully aware. I get it. Um, but how much uh, are they aware of this? How much do you think this framed their draft? And you know, everybody, including us, pointed to Telvin Smith. This something is up with Telvin Smith. We weren't wrong about that. Something was up with Telvin Smith. I think we'll have a statement for the Jacksonville Jaguars when we come back, and we'll talk more about what this means for the football team. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it from a cap standpoint. There's some questions about what does this do to their cap this year in 2019. We'll try to get those answered. And what does the absence of Telvin Smith mean for the football team? Does it mean Miles Jack is now the weak side linebacker? How does it impact him on the field, in the locker room? And what does it mean big picture for Telvin Smith? Because there has to be a little concern there uh, for number 50 of the Jacksonville Jaguars, former pro bowler from Valdosta, played at Florida State. We're talking all about Telvin Smith. Welcome your calls, 904-362-9901. What do you think about the news that just broke in the last 15 minutes right here on ESPN 690? Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, how about this? The news of Telvin Smith. We knew something was up a couple of weeks ago, folks. I think the Jaguars even smelled it. That something was up. And what was up, we still really don't know. We still don't know. But if you're just joining us, Telvin Smith has announced that he will not play football in 2019 for the Jacksonville Jaguars or for anybody. And I'll tell you this. You think it's surprising that he's just not going to play football at all? I think the Jags are surprised, too. From my intel down at Jags headquarters... He has still not reached out to the team. The team is surprised by this news. I figured they might be in the loop and see this coming, and that's why all the linebackers drafted and, and something was going on. Now, did they sniff that something was up? I think so. Did they know this was going to be the answer? I don't believe so. That's not what it sounds like from the folks I've been able to contact uh, you know, with the Jaguars. So uh, it's very interesting now the way Telvin Smith has handled this. And why he's handled it this way. Again, if you're just joining us, big news within the last 25 minutes. As Andy Lucemore just replies, that's a bit of a shocker. I think you're right. Uh, Meta World Crazy says addition by subtraction. I hope he gets whatever help he needs. But based on how he played last year, the Jaguars are better off without him on and off the field. Hmm. We're going to talk about that. 
uh, Gigantor and Jack says, definitely want to know how it affects the cap. I'm working on that, guys. A lot of questions about the cap, and I'm definitely working on that. I'm not a capologist, and I don't want to give you bad info, so I'll definitely uh, let you know uh, as soon as I know something on that front. Let me read uh, the statement again if you're just joining us. And sorry if you've been with us and thanks for hanging with us. But I think this is important to reset. And we'll probably do this multiple times throughout now until 6 o'clock. This is huge news. I mean, this is, an, this is a Pro Bowl guy who just signed a big contract less than two years ago. And he's really in his prime, wouldn't you say, Austin? Yeah, from, from a football perspective. I mean, I mean 27 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's going into what? His, this, this would have been his fourth season? No, fifth season? fourth would have been fifth. I or think sixth, he's on sixth season. Okay, sixth season. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's coming into his prime, and uh, so obviously that's kind of a big deal. But at the end of the day, I mean, and uh, I sent him a tweet and everything. I mean, it's just a game, man. If, 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 he, if There's something more serious afoot here. If there's something where um, there's health concerns, something with his family, then more power to you. And, 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 I, and I get the narrative, and I want to touch on it again, Brent, where... There's the possibility that maybe something bad happened where there could be, like, a league punishment coming down. And I guess this is my player bias coming through, you know. Um, I try to be unbiased as possible, but when a, when a brother of the Shield, when, a, when an NFL player um, decides to walk away and all I have to go off of is what he, you know, puts on Instagram or on Twitter... I'm going to support him. And if something else comes out where he gets suspended for whatever, a, a drug policy or something like that, then I'll, I'll be the first guy to say, okay, well, maybe I was wrong to support him. But from what I know right now, from going by what he said, um, I wish him nothing but the best. My question to you is, so you're saying that this is an absolute shocker to the organization, right? I, I can now confirm, as I'm working on this, as we're on, I can now confirm that... Nobody down there knew. He okay. has not contacted the organization. So my question to you, though. Still, it, like, I thought okay. that was a little bit of a cover-up, potentially, to something like this and saying, hey, maybe he'll change his mind or whatever. But I'm, I'm telling you, for a fact, the Jacksonville Jaguars learned of this the same time we all learned of this on Instagram. What do you think they drafted a linebacker from Murray State in the third round for? Well, uh, we've debated that. Just to play special teams, though? Well, I do think, and I don't know where the cuts have. The cuts come out yet because I can tell, I believe they are going to drop a couple linebackers today as well and not Telvin Smith. That's what I think might happen. Now, this could change the news, but earlier today, I was told that a couple linebackers may be going. So I was like, well, okay, maybe it wasn't as much Telvin Smith. They're going to make some adjustments and they want to add better depth and they're going to go get some veteran guys and they don't really like what they have. So now I see some of the sense on special teams and depth-wise. So... Yeah, listen, we've discussed that. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think there's something to it. Do they trust him completely? Probably not. Did he have a little bit of a down year? Absolutely. Could he be on the cutting block after this year? Yes, because he's got dollars. This year didn't make a lot of sense to cut him because of the dollars and the way the contract works, as far as I understand it. But next year would. So you draft the guy that you can bring along slowly to potentially replace him, much like they did with Taven Bryan, much like they did with Ronnie Harrison. So, yes, I think there was some Telvin in that pick in the late third round. Let me go and ask you this, though. He wasn't on the cutting block, but do you think, and I'm not sure if your sources have told you anything, do you think he was on the trade block? That I don't know. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I'm not saying that had anything to do with the decision as well. I don't think it really did, but... You can say that, you know, the organization is absolutely shocked by, you know, the, these details. And, and maybe they truly are. But 
you also drafted a, a linebacker in the third round. And I get it. I mean, usually your first and second round picks are the guys that start right away. Um, sometimes your third rounders start as well. Well, you didn't bring a you didn't take a chance, I'm going to say, and I'm saying a chance because, the, you know, the guy from Murray State, Quincy Williams, shout out to Racer Nation, he, he he wasn't slated to go in that spot. Let's be honest. I mean, that's just the way it is. Now, I think he's going to be a hell of a player, yes, but I'm just going by what, you know, the, everybody else tells me. So you take a chance on him. You're not just going to bring him in a, a third-round pick just to play special teams, okay? You, you're going to bring a third-round pick to compete for a starting linebacker spot as well. And if that's the case, then Talvin might have been the odd man out. So if he's in the trade block, I have no idea. But the fact that, you know, we're going to get this narrative now maybe where the Jaguars are going to be like, oh, we had no idea. What are we going to do now? Like, we did not see this coming. And, oh, our, our defense is going to be in shambles. No, nah, not really. I mean, I think you guys are going to be okay. You may have not seen it coming, but it's not like to it's something to go home and say, like, oh, the house is on fire. Like, it's going to be okay. From the football perspective. Yeah. I, I. Here's the deal, man. They did not draft Quincy Williams. If everything was all even, okay? And forget Tel- Telvin showed up to voluntary. They did not draft Quincy Williams to take Telvin's spot this year. I don't believe. They took him, I think, as a play, much like the Taven Bryan thing, much like, and a special teams, mm-hmm. but also a guy you can group. You have to start looking ahead in this league, especially when you have big contracts and you're about to pay Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey. And I think they had their eyes a bit on the future. They had it last year with Taven Bryan and Ronnie Harrison. And by the way, that worked out well now for them. They got rid of Malik Jackson's contract. They have a body in Bryan. I'm not saying he's going to be Malik Jackson, but... You follow me. Ronnie Harrison, that was a great ad in the third round. You know why? Because Barry Church slid and got old a lot faster than anybody thought. Didn't even make it through the year. Ronnie Harrison comes in, and it looks like he's going to be a good player. So while sometimes you scratch your head at these moves, you also see the sense of it on the other side. I think that's what Quincy Williams' pick was. And I've told you the Quincy Williams pick in the past. I think they reached a little bit because they didn't have a fourth-round pick. It wasn't a huge linebacker class. It wasn't a lot of depth to it. So they had a a bonus pick in the third round, and that's what they ended up doing with it. I don't think they even sit here today and find out this news a half hour ago like we did too and say, okay, he's going to go plug in there. I think it now adds up to what you have said for a long time, and that is Jake Ryan comes in. We have to assume health. But Jake Ryan comes in from the Packers. Could he ha- could he be the guy to play middle linebacker? And now Miles Jack moves over to Telvin Smith's weak side spot, where you think yeah. Miles Jack will thrive. Absolutely. Is that what happens here? That's the play. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's what I've been campaigning now for since the show even started. I feel like, and this is, and I'm not sure if this was the Jaguars' plan going into the season, but now it almost has to be. Right, because the thing that de- defined Telvin as that linebacker, as that weak side linebacker, was what Brent. It was his speed. Yes. he was an undersized player who used his speed, his athleticism, and you know, at the time when he was playing at a Pro Bowl caliber, he uh, his 
you know, just I guess his downhill ability to just to be relentless and not, you know, to take on blockers and uh, really have no fear in there. Now, this past season, yeah, he might have uh, digressed a little bit. But I think if you have Miles Jack, you have the biggest athletic freak of that defense. With all due respect to Jalen Ramsey, I know it's 1A, 1B, but I do think Miles Jack is definitely the biggest athletic freak on that defense. You put him at a spot where you can showcase his athleticism. You're putting him in the middle linebacker spot does nothing but, you know, it doesn't help him at all. Because I've said it before on this show, and I'm going to say it again. Name any NFL team right now in the league. Name any NFL team in the league and show me where they put their best athletes. Not, I'm going to say 10 times out of 10, it's not middle linebacker. With all due respect to Luke Keekley, with all due respect to those guys, they aren't the best athletes on that field. And that's where I think you move um, your best athlete to a weak side linebacker, a place he can run around in space. All right, we got a lot going on right here, and I appreciate your thoughts on that. We're gonna get, I want to ask you some questions on that. We're up against a break in a moment, but before that, let's get to the phone lines because Thomas from Palm Coast, Thomas from Palm Coast wants to chime in on the Telvin Smith front. I also will give you some information in just a minute or two on the salary cap implications. I've got some information on that. Telvin Smith not playing football in 2019. Thomas, thanks for listening on ESPN 690. What are your thoughts, man? Hey, Brent. Hey, Austin. Big fans. Um, big news, obviously. Uh, I had a few questions. Um, do you think they are satisfied with the linebackers with the new news? And uh, Quincy Williams, obviously, um, a lot more pressure on him now this year. Uh, just wondering your thoughts. You, you touched a little bit on it, but um, um, and honestly, I just really find it hard to believe that the organization uh, didn't know about this beforehand. Um, like Austin said, teammates talk to each other all the time, and um, I really believe that uh, I don't think this is a surprise to them. What do you think? Well, okay, uh, Thomas, we appreciate it. Let's get to all those things uh, right now before we hit a break. First of all, I can tell you this, Thomas. The organization did not know. <laughs> well, then, can I make a point here quick, then? That doesn't mean players do, do well, not know. And, and here's what I'm difference. saying, Brent. So then what does that say about your management where, because I guarantee the players know. I, I guarantee the locker room knows. But let me ask you this. If, okay. If, if you, I'm going to give you a scenario. If if I tell you, okay, hey, man, I got uh, some family issues. God forbid, I hope this doesn't come to fruition. Um, but I got some family issues. I'm going to, um, I'm still, I'm contemplating taking this next year off. All right. Let's just th throw that out. Mm -hmm. If I tell you that, you say, okay, I got an inkling that's going, but you really want to do it, man. Let's, can, can we help work things out? I think you'd be, it'd be great here. I mean, can you do both? Can you, you know, you have these conversations, uh, buddies, coworkers, but you're not convinced that I've really made up my mind. Right. Okay. Because I could still, oh, I've left the door open a little bit. Okay. You can talk me out of it. Let me see how things shake out next couple of weeks, but I'm leaning that way. Well, it could be as simple as that, where I think you're right to the sense where these guys might not be stunned, but they still might not really believe it. Like, 27-year-old, a year removed from a Pro Bowl, big contract, he's one of our guys, he's our captain. I don't really think this is happening, but I'm here for him if it does happen. Again, I'm not saying they're going to ridicule him for it, but... Then today, everybody finds out, oh, my gosh, he's really doing this. Like, that might be the reaction from his buddies in the locker room. Be like, he really did it. Uh, Brent, once again, I think the narrative is a little different there. And let me ask you this question. So I say the locker room knew, and you say that the management didn't know, okay? I'm telling you for a fact. For, okay, so it's an absolute fact. So I am telling you for me, a fact okay. management didn't know. So let me go and ask you a question then. Say you're Telvin Smith and you're texting me, hey, I'm thinking about maybe walking away, yada, yada, yada. Okay, we go back and forth. Maybe I believe you. Maybe I don't believe you. I know you love the game. 
That's evident. I've seen you on film. I've talked to you in person. I know you love the game. So the fact that you bring it to my attention, I'm going to take it um, like you're telling the truth. Now, a part of me, being a teammate, being a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, eventually in that text conversation, or if I see you in person, I'm be like, well, hey, maybe we should tell coach or somebody. Maybe we should tell, you know, Dave just... You're thinking about maybe, you know, walking away just because then they kind of give a, you know, they kind of get a little notice and everything like that because, you know, that's kind of the right thing to do. So what does it say about the management when the player walks away and doesn't even give them the time of day to tell them, hey, I'm I'm thinking about walking away from the game? Do you think maybe uh, there is maybe some lack of respect for upper management? Do you think maybe uh, going into this season, maybe it's not as tight knit as we think it is? I don't know how tight we think it is. Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that question, man. I wish I had more intel on that. I don't. I, I don't know. All as I know, now, again, he brought up, I got to go back to the Instagram post, okay? So if you just join us, hey, Scott, if you don't mind, we're going to hang uh, uh, until the top of the hour. We'll skip that break if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, but we're hanging on the Telvin Smith stuff. Thanks, but I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we'll slide a, a couple, a minute or so into the, the top of the hour. Uh, we're going to stay on Telvin Smith. There's a lot to get to here, and we're learning a lot as we go, and we're working on some things. Let me give you an update on the cap. I was just told that the cap, they will get some relief on the cap. A lot of people ask me about that. So hopefully you'll listen here on ESPN 690, even if you're tweeting me about it, um, because I don't really have time to do both at the moment. But uh, the Jaguars think they'll get some relief on the cap. That's a $9 million hit, I believe. Uh, for Telvin Smith this year in 2019. I'm trying to figure out if it just goes on hold. Like, I remember when Justin Blackman was suspended, and I think he got on the commissioner's exemplist. I believe he was part of that. When, when all that was going down, he basically his contract just froze. It just stopped. Like, nothing happened. Like, it just stayed there. It was like in, in outer space. Mm-hmm. And... I'm assuming that's kind of what happens here with Telvin Smith. Maybe there's a little bit of a hit or something for the Jags prorated, but it sounds like they'll get relief if this comes to fruition that Telvin Smith decides to not play in 2019. Now, I'll work on more details. Where does that pick up after the fact? Does it, is it still three years remaining on his deal or all those kind of things? I have to get more information on that. But to answer your question that everybody's asking, or so many people are asking right now, is what happens to the cap. It sounds like the Jacksonville Jaguars will get some relief on the Telvin Smith deal in 2019. If indeed he, I assume, will have to file some sort of paperwork with the league saying he's not going to play this season. I I don't even know how that part works from a paperwork standpoint, but I'm assuming that could be the case. Let me read you what happened about 40 minutes ago now, 318 here today uh, on Thursday, as we told you for the last 45 minutes now on ESPN 690. Telvin Smith Instagram post, quote, it was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I just ask you all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about, but I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I do decide to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love you all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag 10 toes down. You feel me? Love. Okay, so the reason I wanted to read that again, just for the new listeners, but also he says in here, Austin, and you were asked, we're going back and forth on why doesn't the organization know? Is there a rift? What does it say about it? Well, my, uh, we're all guessing. But my thought is, if 
he included it in his statement about the trade talk rumors. So he got wind of this trade talk. Maybe he was on the block. But for some way, shape, or form, he referred to it two nights ago in his Instagram message. Mm-hmm. That was verbal. And he it refers to it in his text here today of a trade. So he got wind one way or another that he was on a trade block. The Jags were trying to shop him. So from an athlete standpoint, that bothers you, maybe, right? What do you mean? You're going to trade the captain of this football team, captain of this defense, a pro bowler? That bothers you. So what yeah. I said, so if you want to talk about a rift potentially with the organization and why they might not know, I would say, well, I think there's a little bit of animosity there on Telvin's side to say, what do you mean you were trying to trade me? Uh, and maybe they didn't come to him and ask him first about the trade. I don't know. You never know what bothers people. But so, yes, I think there clearly could be a rift between management and him. More on Telvin's side, bothered by the fact that he might have been on the trade block. Just uh, insinuating from his no, post this week. Yeah, he did bring up trade talks, but then here's my question. Did the Jaguars come out and say, did upper management come out and say, yeah, I'm thinking about trading you, Telvin. They'll never do that. On. Exactly. They'll never do that. They'll never do that. That's, that's a that's horrible not the business. business decision. Exactly. So then, like, if they don't come out and tell them they're going to trade them, well, then what? Is Telwin just going on ESPN 690 listening to us talk? Is he going on the Sports Center or something? Well, I mean, the agent, could the agent got a wind of it? You know, could could there some... I, I think yeah. in the circles you could get wind of, hey, really, they got me on the... Tra-. Or maybe he just believed what he read. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know those answers, but you're just asking about could there be a rift, and I said, well, maybe that's where it could stem from. No, and, and I absolutely agree with that. If a player, if through an agent or f- from whoever, found out that he was going to get traded, um, especially in his position, I'm sure he probably wouldn't be too pleased. And maybe that would be a reason why not to bring it up to the, the organization. And I think, and I'm not doing a good job of answering all Thomas's questions. I know we had some more thoughts. He said, Quincy Williams, we just talked about that. Uh, we talked about the cap stuff. We talked about the organization not knowing. And I'm, again, folks, I- I'm telling you. It's not just like one person telling me. It's multiple people telling me. The organization didn't know. They're surprised by this, too. So uh, I'm interested to see the JAG statement come out, and I think they're working on one. We'll see if it comes out. But uh, what, how that is phrased, I don't think they'll throw Telvin under the bus here, but it'll be very interesting to see how it's phrased and if we can interpret their level of surprise by what took place this afternoon in the last hour, Telvin Smith saying he is not playing football in 2019. Thomas, I promise we'll get back to the idea of what happens next. How do, Is this defense potentially, is this defense better off on the field in 2019 without Telvin Smith. What are the Jaguars linebacker situation look like right now without Telvin Smith? Let's talk about that. Get Austin Lane's expertise on that part part of the defense. And uh, we will welcome your calls. This one's a biggie today, folks. 904-362-9901. We'll try to get some other things. But right now, we are staying on the Telvin Smith talk, trying to figure out what's up with number 50. He says he's not playing football in 2019 for the Jaguars or for anyone else. Hang with us here on the show. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Here on the show, and I'm talking about the big cats, and I hate that term. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars getting some oh, news today. So I'm sure Big Cat Country really appreciates her. The oh. Bull City Brigade oh. really appreciates her. Oh, I'm not meaning 
BCC. I don't oh, mean, well, just big cats in general. No, I hate when we in our industry, especially on TV, we do this all the time, and I hate it. Refer to the Jags as the big cats. Okay. Hate it. I hate got it. You. Hate it. It's a pet peeve of mine. Does not sound like an NFL team if they're the big cats. Sounds like I just visited the zoo. I don't know, though. I mean, okay, whatever. That's your opinion. Like, and I just said it. Big dogs. You know, like, I think of a big dog is like, you know, it's Cleveland Browns. or the big dogs. Like, big cats. The big cat. The big cat. Maybe when you say it with a beard at 6'6 and 245. Yeah, a little rumbling. Yeah, maybe when you do it. The big cat. But when I get it from a, uh, uh, be nice, Brent, um, <laughs> a news anchor. Choose your words wisely, Brent. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. It's a pet peeve of mine. Okay. So. <laughs> add, a little, uh, add a little gravel to your voice and say it. The big good. cats. The big, big cats. cats. The, yeah, the big cats. You're getting there. Yeah, getting I got to go low with that. All right. You're getting there. Uh, well, anyway, one big cat is gone for 2019. Uh, Telvin Smith, the big story. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Uh, Scott in, by the way. Hey, Scott, what's happening, man? Sorry hey, to no, introduce you. Picked Coos. a great day to be here. Yeah, Coos sure is did. out. Uh, sorry, all that work you did for the show, Scott. Thanks anyway. We'll save it till tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe we'll do an extra show on Saturday. Put it on the back burner. Uh, but hey, uh, this is what uh, this is what it's all about. This is why we're glad we have a show here on ESPN 690. Talk all about it. Just came down within the last hour. Uh, Telvin Smith will not play football in 2019, he says. Just to recap a little bit, he tweeted that or put that in an Instagram post um, on social media. Within the last hour, 3.18 was the post time, and that's what he did. That was a couple days after coming out on Instagram as well and sharing a video message that included audio that was cryptic. I mean, we tried to interpret it. It could have meant a lot, but he did deliver on one thing, and he said that I will, you will know more later in the week. Well, here we are 48 hours, 60 hours later, and we do know more. Telvin Smith says he will not play football in 2019. Here's what else I do know. We have found out that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not know about this. I am awaiting some kind of statement by the Jags. I think that will happen this afternoon. But they're probably crafting it now because they are, from everything I can gather, and I'm not trying to be dramatic about this, they are just as surprised as all of you and us that this is what the Telvin Smith situation was coming to. Uh, they did not know in advance according to the folks that I've talked to, that Telvin Smith was going to sit out 2019. Uh, did they know something was up? Did they sniff something and smell something? We did two weeks ago with this whole voluntary deal and why he wasn't communicating with the team. We guessed on a lot of different fronts. But I'm just telling you, they did not know this was the result of Telvin Smith until, well, he put it out on social media at 3.18 this afternoon. A th question I continue to get is about the cap. What does it mean for the cap? Well, it's a $9.5 million hit, and thanks to some of the folks on uh, social media for helping us uh, find some of that data as we're trying to go through a bunch of different things here. But n I thought I knew it was around $9 million. $9.5 million hit in 2019. I have been told that the Jaguars will get some relief for that. I don't know if that means all of it. I don't know if that means most of it. But there will be some cap relief for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019 in this kind of situation. Where it goes from there, does it completely suspend his contract? Will they have a few years this year to do in 2020 if he comes back? All those kind of things, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it yet. We're trying to find more details, and hopefully we'll be able to figure that out uh, throughout the rest of the afternoon and the coming days. Uh, but at least on the, the forefront, what I can tell you, Telvin Smith has said he's not playing football. 
The Jaguars were very surprised to hear that this afternoon, and they will get some relief on their cap. So that brings us to some questions that we've had about what does this linebacker group now look like? What we've seen, the big story last week is this five linebacker influx onto the roster in about a five-day stretch. They drafted one. They picked one up off waivers. They signed three linebackers who are veteran players, and... That raised a huge red flag, and we're like, something is going on with Telvin Smith. Now, you can argue that was for special teams and depth, and I will tell you this. Today, and I told you this was coming in the last hour, and now it's happened, the Jaguars released Donald Payne, linebacker, special teams guy, and they released former fifth-round pick of 2017, Blair Brown. That has happened. So... They've created some linebacker space by getting rid of those two guys. Now Telvin Smith is also gone. So they are... Blair, Blair Brown was the weak side linebacker, too. Yes. Yes. And But it, those were special teams guys, depth guys. They didn't really well, play a lot. But I'm saying, Brent, in terms of oh, depth, I see what you're saying, he's yeah. behind Telvin. Yes. Yeah. And so they release him, and that could have happened hours before they found out about Telvin, but I don't think it did. I think they could have even retract that. If need be. But I think they're done with Burr Brown. I do. They're moving on. And now they've got uh, Najee Good and Rameek Wilson. Who else did they sign? Uh, Najee Good. <coughs> Wilson they got. Is Nick DeLuca's been here, right? In Jacksonville? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then they got uh, Alexander from, uh, from Philly. Yes, DJ Alexander. Alexander. Thank you. And, of course, they added Jake Ryan earlier in the offseason, who's coming off injury, middle linebacker from Green Bay. So they have these guys to work with. All right. Before uh, we go deeper dive into that, I want to read the statement from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It just came out. Uh, We will not have a comment about Telvin Smith's statement at this time. We need to have a conversation with Telvin to understand the situation and the circumstances. If there is a way we can support him, we need to understand that. So now do you believe me that they don't know? Because someone said something on Twitter? No, it's a statement from the team. Okay. Statement from the team that will not... They, I cynical think, much? I know it. Me? I mean, talk about players sticking up for players. Me? Me cynical? I mean, okay, then I'll take it for face value that they didn't know because they released a press release on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. it says we... Here's the, here's the critical part of their statement. We need to have a conversation with Telvin. He has still not contacted the organization. He was just hoping they followed him on Instagram. (laughs) All right, listen, let me ask you this, okay? I understand it. Listen, I I understand there's a... I I don't mind your point of view in wondering, okay, what what, did the organization know? And did they treat him fairly? And did they really try to shop him? And all all this stuff, whatever it might be from a player's perspective. But let me... Can you put yourself in Telvin's spot for a moment? You're a former player. Yep. And this isn't, by the way, hey, I'm Austin Lane, I'm better than Telvin Smith kind of question. This is, if you found out that you were on the trade block, but you were coming up with this decision because you had some personal matter in your family, your agent and you, the way you handle business, the way most guys handle business, do you think you would inform your team, your position coach? Hey, maybe you're mad at Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin, but you would tell your position coach. Do do you think... There would be that communication. Like, what's the point of not communicating is is what I'm getting at with the organization, even if you're a little pissed off at them? Um, 
the point of not communicating with the organization is that there may be some remorse that you might be on the trade block. But then I, I always ask the question, okay, so Telvin Smith's on the trade block. Who's trying to trade for Telvin Smith? Who's in the market for a weak side linebacker who's undersized? Not who's too many about teams. 205 pounds. Okay, then. So that's my point. So we can split it on the trade block, but is, is that even really the case? I don't know. So maybe he's a little upset that the trade block... Uh, came up, came about. Maybe his agent told him that, or maybe there's something deeper in that organization where he felt the need. He didn't owe him any kind of explanation, which tells me maybe there isn't a lot of mutual respect going on from players to upper management. Hmm. Uh, I'm just, I'm just calling like I see, Brent. I don't know Telvin Smith. If, I know, but I put me, you in your in okay, your situation. So would Smith? you have told somebody with the organization? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I don't know why he would be mad at him. Like, th- th- that's unfair to ask me that question because I don't know the ins and outs. Like, if right, I'm Chicago Bears sitting... did you dirty a little bit the way they handled your stuff. Yeah. All right? They didn't. They didn't handle it well. That yeah. wasn't cool. You told us about the story. And go back and listen to one of the shows way back in the early beginning. And the Chicago Bears didn't. That wasn't a great way to do Long business. Long story short, I basically got cut two times in an hour. <laughs> Twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you thought you twice. were there. You thought you made it. You didn't make it. Then you were like, then I, I made thought it, I made it again. Then you didn't then, make yeah. it. It was it was crappy. Yes. Right. Okay, but you but you end up making the team. Mm-hmm. After all that, mm-hmm. somebody gets hurt and they need you back, and you make the team and you hang with them for. Well, that's what happened. Because I got cut and then I got brought back on later in the season. Okay, so later in the so season. This, this, okay. this is a good this example. Is a perfect example. Sure. So you're still you're like, man, these guys, what the heck? You know, that still stings you. That didn't, you told the story, man. You can still yeah. tell it. Impact. You're not comfortable. You're not. You don't love the idea that that all happened. That wasn't cool. No. And so then you play for a couple months and you decide, hey man, I got a family issue, or I got whatever, and I'm going to step away from the game, or I'm going to pursue MMA because. I think my passion has changed. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm in love with the game anymore. Uh, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Even though you were kind of miffed and you, you didn't, they didn't handle their situation well, would you have told the Bears or you just say, I'm going to announce on social media that I'm out? Be honest. I am being honest. So you want to put me in that scenario with what happened in Chicago. Well, then I really haven't told the whole story of what happened in Chicago. Oh, boy. When I went back to Chicago, and listen, I'm, I'm – I'm an open book. If you ask, I'm going to say it. I mean, pending I'm not putting anybody really in a bad light that was in that locker room, and I'm not doing that here. But when I got brought back to Chicago, the reason I joined the Bears again was because I was told I was going to play in the last game of the season because, you know, it's important to me to play because I can get film on tape. So I show up. I go up to the stadium and everything, and I'm expected to play because there were some injuries on the defensive line. Long story short, I don't play. And I found this out on Friday. And, you know, it was like the last practice before we travel to Minnesota, last game of the season. And it even got so bad to the point where there were some players that had my back who got up in team meetings. Or I'm sorry, they got up in defensive line meetings and, um, for lack of a better word, told the coach that it was absolute BS that I'm not playing because I was told I was going to. Uh, so there was a lot of animosity there. So to answer your question truthfully, with the whole getting cut twice in one day, with not being able to play the last game of the season. I may not have told my position coach, and I'm being 100% truthful, Brent, because I left that organization with a bad taste in my mouth. And when it was the off season, and that's what I'll keep in mind, though. So when I when the season was over and I was going into spring the next year, we got a whole new organization. We got a new GM, yeah, yeah. and then, then John Fox took over. So 
I had no reason to be bitter because those new people. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I wasn't bitter at my head coach. I wasn't bitter at my defensive coordinator. I was more bitter at my position coach, if it were being, if we're being truthful. So if the opportunity came up and I was in Telvin Smith's shoes and what happened with me in Chicago where I was bitter, I may not have told them either. And, and I'm being 100% truthful. Okay. And, and you know me, Brent. I mean, you, you know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty... Uh, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty straight shooter. Um, I, I, you know, I think fair is fair. But I was so annoyed and um, angry at that time when I left Chicago that I may have done the same thing Talbot did. All right. Well, hey, and, and, and I'm being truthful. Okay. But so then, so I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. See, and I would have two things. First of all, I'm your agent now. I'm like, hey, yeah. dude, listen, I understand. You're a little bitter. I think the right way to do this is you don't have to tell the position coach. Mm-hmm. But you might want to go tell... Who's the head coach at that time? Uh, Mark Trustman. Trustman. Yeah. So who, 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 me and him got along great, got by along. the way. Right. Yeah. So I speak you, very so you highly might go, And so that's my point with Telvin. So if you don't say you're mad at Caldwell or Coughlin or whatever for putting yeah. you on the tray, but you might still go tell you, your, tell Todd Wash, a defensive coordinator. You, you, you absolutely nailed it right there because that, that's exactly what happened. So um, when I left the Bears and I told my agent, I'm like, dude, I'm, you know, like this is... It's getting a little crazy now. Like, I'm not having fun. He's like, I'll take care of that. I'll talk to the team. We'll figure things out. And even when I was hesitant to go play for Kansas City because I I want to go play a 3-4 defensive end, I didn't want to put on 20 pounds and play out of position, you know, my agent was the guy to talk to the team. It wasn't me. So from that perspective, yes, that's the agent's job. The agent's job is to keep the, the line of communication open regardless of how bad the situation is, regardless of how good the situation is. That's the agent's job. That's what you pay your agent for. Agents make pretty good money, okay? Agents make really good money, especially on that second contract that Telvin has. So the fact that there was no line of communication from his agent, yeah, that's not a good look. All right. uh, So should the Jaguars be miffed a little bit at Telvin Smith at how this is handled now? Uh, And and forget about the players for a second, and I don't mean to say forget about the players, but I'm just talking from an organizational point of view. Should they be miffed? Or super concerned about a guy they drafted, groomed, gave a second contract. He made a Pro Bowl. He was part of really an historic defense uh, in 2017. How upset should they be? What's your thoughts? 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. We're staying on the Telvin Smith talk. And by the way, we need you to break down their linebackers. Got it. Let's predict the future. Got if it. you're Todd Wash right now. And you were just down in St. John's County, feet up by the pool. It was a day off getting ready for rookie minicamp. And by the way, Todd, I'm not sure if that was the case. I'm just kind of setting the scene here. Probably, and you just, probably riding my Harley. And you're if I'm listening Todd. to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And Martin Owen Lane just told you that Telvin Smith ain't coming back for 2019. Well, now what? I now got what you. am I doing at linebacker? Coach Walsh, I got you. Don't worry about it. Let's figure it out next on ESPN 690. Grayson Marshall Jr., 2016 ACC legend, and you're listening to ESPN 690. All right, welcome back here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, as we continue to play through the Telvin Smith scenarios and now what it means for this football team going forward. We've talked about all the linebackers that the Jaguars have added in the last couple of weeks. So, again, if you'd go back a couple of weeks and we talk about Telvin Smith and why he wasn't coming to voluntary workouts. And really, it wasn't that, right? Jalen Ramsey's not here. Yannick Ngakwe is now back uh, wherever he's training, and he's not here. It's voluntary. So we were a little bit like, oh, captain of the football team, that's a little odd. You know, he, try, he, he, he uh, frames himself as the leader of that defense or one of them. But the bigger story there was he had not communicated with the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And we all kind of at that time were like, well, isn't that kind of a common courtesy? And so then all the things start flying. Okay, was he put on the trade block? Uh, what else is up? We're trying to figure it out. Well, if we're trying to figure out, you knew the Jacksonville Jaguars were trying to figure it out. You know, they're trying to, why have not we not heard from him? My point is, I don't think they saw this part coming. But, no, absolutely. And I'm still wondering the question, though, then where was the agent during all this? Like, you, you'd expect the team to reach out to the agent, correct? Like, that's, that's business. That's how business works. And it makes the agent look bad. Where, and I don't know, I mean, Tubman doesn't represent himself, correct? Like, I, I can assume Yeah, he that. has an agent. Okay, thank you. So... It makes your agency look bad, and, and it makes you know the potential for future clients look even worse if you're known as the guy, as the NFL agent who doesn't reach out to teams, who doesn't keep the line of communication open. Teams don't want to deal with you, and then players aren't going to want to deal with you. So that's weird to me, the, the whole agent thing. So it leads me to believe that there is some kind of animosity built up, and maybe Telvin told his agent not to contact the Jaguars. I don't know. I mean, that I have no idea. Is there a chance he hasn't even talked to his agent? Did he just go rogue on this decision? I I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility, but that's, um, I I feel like that's very unlikely, but I I have no idea. I mean, let's be honest. I have no idea. All right. So let's take a look at what this means for the team. Okay. Team starts says, hey, listen, we knew something was, uh, I mean, we kind of figured we didn't know what was going to happen here, but we hadn't heard from him. So we have to always plan on you know, what if? And uh, they did that. Uh, you, ca- you can't fault the, or- the organization smelled something because of what we've indicated, right? The five linebackers in five days drafting uh, Quincy Williams. Again, I don't think they saw this part. I don't think this was the end result they envisioned. It's not like he communicated and said, hey, heads up, guys, this might happen. They didn't. They saw it at 318 today, too. But, and but, but, but to be fair, they though. They sniffed something. Okay, but if, if you're in a business and one of your employees doesn't reach out to you, you try to reach out to him, he doesn't return your calls, doesn't return your text messages, um, has been kind of off the wall, been off the grid for, you know, about a month or so. I mean, if you're a successful business owner, one would think, well, something's definitely up and yeah. he may not be coming back. I mean, I get it. The narrative right now with the organization is we had no idea. I mean, this is we're shocked. Um, you know, the, the sky is falling, whatever. Well, I don't but, think they think the sky's falling. That's okay. why they went and got five linebackers. Okay, they tried to shock the guy potentially. But, I mean, to, to say yeah. you didn't have any idea whatsoever, come on. Well, that, and that's my point. Is like they did. I don't. Again, I told you earlier in the show they didn't know this was coming. They they did not say, hey, at uh, hey, we talked to Tell the other day, and Thursday he's going to make this announcement. Like when he Instagrammed the other night, you you know the organization saw that too. And on Tuesday night they didn't say, hey, dang it, he's retiring. They saw that today at 318. But my point is, from a stunned and and shocked kind of point of view, well, we all were talking about this for a few weeks, saying, what is going on here? And when you say what is going on here in an organization and you haven't heard from a guy, well, you better start having some backup plans. I think that's where the Jaguars were a little smart here. I don't believe, I still don't believe they drafted Quincy Williams to say in 2019 on opening day, Against the Kansas City Chiefs, Quincy Williams will replace Telvin Smith because we don't think he's going to be here. I do not think that ever, ever was part of the equation. No, because Miles Jack's going to do it. <laughs> so here we go. What happens yeah, with the Jazz linebacking core against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes week number one? And I know we might have to do a bunch of assumptions because especially the Jake Ryan deal, he's coming off the ACL. So 
this was when this was during the draft. Uh, it was that Friday when I broke it down a little bit. I said there's three options. There's the option where Josh Allen is going to back up Yannick Ngakwe. There's the option where you put Josh Allen at outside linebacker, a position where he's familiar with coming from college. Or there's the option where you go with a 3-4 defense and you can go with like a 3-4 eagle defense, which is kind of like the same front that they're running right now with their defensive line. And then you put Ngakwe and Allen on the field at the same time playing those outside linebackers because the key to a 3-4 defense is two stud outside linebackers. And let's be honest, with Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen, you'd have that. But from the roster, and I get it, the the 3-4 defense, my, my whole uh, philosophy on that and my whole prediction, it's kind of aggressive. You know, I, I think that would be the wild card of the bunch. But I'm going to break it down here where I think the Jaguars are really going to go. So I've been campaigning for, since the show started, move Miles Jack someplace else. You have. And not to say he's not a good middle linebacker, because I think he's he's adequate. I think he's a pretty good, you know, he's a pretty good signal caller. He's good at lining everybody up, and communication is key at middle linebacker. He does great with that. But he's also your best athlete on that defense. And you never want to put your best athlete um, on defense at middle linebacker. With all due respect to Paul Pelosi, with all due respect to Daryl Smith, with all due respect to Luke Keekley, whoever. They're great football players, yes. They have a knack for that position, but they're not necessarily the best athletes. So if I'm the Jaguars, it's simple. I would move Miles Jack to weak side linebacker to take Telvin's spot. Um, Telvin, the reason he's so successful in that defense for that one season, and last year you can say whatever you want about him, but it was his speed. Well, guess what? You know what Miles Jack has, Brent? Fast. He's fast. I mean, he's got everything, right? He, yeah. He's got speed. He's got agility. But, yes, he is fast. He can go sideline to sideline. A perfect spot with him would be weak side linebacker. So then that begs the question, what are you going to do with your strong side linebacker and then your middle linebacker? To me, you move Josh Allen to strong side linebacker. He's used to playing with his hand out of the dirt. I think that, you know, and this is, a, keep in mind, this is base package, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to, depending who they're playing, they may be in base maybe 25 to 30% of the game, depending who they're playing. Sometimes they'll just go nickel. So if they're in a base package, then yes, you put Josh Allen to strong side linebacker. That way you're at least utilizing him. He's not backing up in Gakway. You're using your first round pick. He's on the field. Um, we don't know what kind of NFL player is, but what we have to go off tape, Brent, in terms of college performance, a guy who had 17 sacks, a guy who can run a 4-6-40, a guy who's a stud athlete, yeah, I think strong side linebacker is going to be okay for him. Mm-hmm. So the middle linebacker, that's the question, right? Well, they, they brought in Jake Ryan, and Jake Ryan and Dom Capers' old system in Green Bay, and this was back when they did do a little bit of that 3-4 eagle look, but Jake Ryan was a middle linebacker, uh, a bona fide middle linebacker, never played outside linebacker. Uh, the MO with Jake Ryan is that he is fantastic in the run, but he's a little suspect in pass coverage. At least that's what it has been in the past. And listen, I'm a big Jake Ryan fan. Um, he's not welcome back on the show because he doesn't like his story. Because <laughs> he, he, uh, he likes Star Wars, uh, you know, the... Uh, the return of the last Jedi, or whatever. Yeah, so I mean, nothing trivial or anything like no, that. No, I mean, just, no, I mean, so, no, no, that's he's, big news. No, thank you very much, yeah. Scott. Appreciate I mean, it. So he's, he's not, he earned a big time suspension from the he show. He is not welcome back on the show, and I gave his his headshot to all the security people. So good luck trying to get back into the show, Jake. <laughs> because guess what? You got a better chance of getting to the Pentagon than you do have to get back into ESPN 690, brother. Appreciate you. Anyway, so Jake Ryan is a possibility at middle you linebacker. Might save the Jags at linebacker. No, <laughs> so Jake Ryan. 
it's kind of the obvious return of Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake Ryan is obviously the kind of the shoe in right for the starting middle linebacker again as always healthy. But, here's my point, Brent. So we don't know how healthy he is. One would assume coming off an ACL now it's 2019. You think he would be healthy, but we'll see. But another option too at middle linebacker, and granted, you know I can I can list the guys they just signed. They got. Najee Good, who I think was brought in more for special teams, but he has that middle linebacker experience. Um, the, the, the guy that they brought in from Philly, DJ Alexander, has played middle linebacker as well. But what about Leon Jacobs? Leon Jacobs was a guy. Well, and You're so all about the these Wisconsin-Murray State guys. I mean, that's okay. what linebacking unit is going to be from where you went. Well, well I guess I'm biased. And when, I, when you say Wisconsin, the Wisconsin batters, with Leon Jacobs, guess what? I watched him play football in college, so I know who he is. Now, I don't know I what like type that. of personality he has, but I will tell you this. Those Badger games that I watched, I watched T.J. Wackerman, and I watched Leon Jacobs move to the middle linebacker spot. I've seen Leon Jacobs play fullback. So what does that tell me? It tells me that he's a pretty smart individual in the fact that he can play three positions, fullback, outside linebacker, and middle linebacker. It tells me that um, he's a student of the game, and it tells me that he is uh, he, he, he can adapt to, to, to a system or, or to the players around him. Well, that's the calling card of a middle linebacker. So from that perspective, and this is a Tom Coughlin trait, you know, um, competition breeds success. Well, then go ahead and put Leon Jacobs and Jake Ryan in competition for middle linebacker and may the best man win. Oh. And, and keep in mind, too, in terms of depth, say for whatever reason, maybe Jake Ryan does uh, win, win out the spot for middle linebacker. Well, then that's fine. Then Leon Jacobs can play the backup to the middle linebacker and strong side and maybe even weak side. Who knows? Do you think... Let's assume Ryan. Ryan's more, um, uh, if healthy, touted. Okay? Do you think they are better at linebacker in your situation than they would have been with Telvin, Miles, and if you want to keep Josh Allen or put Leon Jacobs there? Yeah, see, that kind of all depends what the scheme would be. Because well, if let's you just put, say same scheme. Let's not change the scheme around. Just say okay. those three guys running around at linebacker versus your three guys at linebacker, putting Miles in a better position in your belief. Ryan, who's an experienced middle linebacker, mm-hmm. went healthy, pretty good one, they think. Yeah. And this young cat, Josh Allen, on the strong side, whereas the other set of linebackers would probably be at least at the moment Leon Jacobs, Miles in the middle. Telvin on the weak side. Yeah. Which one would you rather have? I would definitely rather have Miles on the outside. I would rather have, and assuming Jake Ryan's healthy, in the middle, or Leon Jacobs in the middle, and then I'd have Josh Allen on the outside, playing strong side. Simple as that. Simple as that. Interesting. Hey, uh, we've got some uh, phone calls or phone lines open if you want to uh, jump in, 904-362-9901. Chime in on social media. We'll read some of the responses we're getting about... uh, Telvin Smith. We have a couple things to get to as well, but we will stay on the Telvin Smith topic uh, through most of the show, but some other things happening in the world of sports we'll catch you up on as well. A little time out here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging around. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, what a day here in Jacksonville, Florida. Telvin Smith says he's not playing football in 2019, and we try to dissect what that means for the Jaguars going forward. They have certainly added a lot of linebacker depth over the last uh, couple of weeks. Draft, waiver wire, 
free agents that they've added to. Uh, and rookie minicamp begins tomorrow, so Quincy Williams will be on the field. Young man from Murray State, who we've had on ESPN 690 in the past. Also, plenty of workout players and undrafted free agents. So uh, if you're an undrafted free agent and you're on that list here in Jacksonville, you just got some probably good news. I mean, it might be uh, more of an opportunity uh, for you, although the Jags do have a good amount of linebackers on their 90-man roster. By the way, speaking of that 90-man roster, uh, Dontavious Russell, a young man from Auburn, seventh-round pick, defensive tackle. He has signed. He is the first of the draft picks to sign. He just signed his deal uh, this afternoon as he gets ready for rookie minicamp tomorrow. Uh, So that is good news for the Jacksonville Jaguars and for him. Uh, Other news today, uh, Cody Kessler released. Blair Brown, Donald Payne released uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So roster moves happening. The Jags rookies getting here today. Josh Allen has arrived. Uh, looking at something on Jaguars.com for Josh Allen arriving in the airport. I guess they didn't take the jet this time. <laughs> he came into JIA uh, instead. So uh, he is here along with some of the other rookies, and uh, minicamp will happen tomorrow. By the way, we get a chance to talk to Doug Marone on Friday, uh, and certainly questions about Telvin Smith will be asked. We will get to in a bit a story out of Gainesville where – Chris Steele is transferring in the transfer portal. Interesting story around Chris Steele. And I think it's an interesting story in Gainesville because of what now has transpired the last couple weeks. But I think it's also a big picture story, too, uh, potentially in college football and in football. So we'll get to the Gator stuff in in just a moment. Uh, But more reaction coming in now on the Telvin Smith front. Let's head to the line. South Beach Gary uh, with a daily check-in, and I'm assuming this time on Telvin Smith. What's up, South Beach Gary? No, good afternoon. No, I actually wanted to talk about Chris Steele, and uh, it's the alleged stuff that's going on, guys. Apparently he was the roommate to Jalen, and the fact that uh, he was a witness of some of the stuff Jalen was going, he went to, went to Dan Mullen, guys, asked that he be removed as a roommate to Jalen, they did not accommodate him, so apparently his parents said, well, maybe Florida's not the place for you to go. If that's the case, that's a pretty bad light on the program there, guys. Yeah, and that's what I want to talk about, and we will get into that. Uh, Gary, appreciate the call. Uh, my quick thought on it, uh, Austin had to step out for just a moment, but my quick thought on it is, yeah, that's not good. If that's the situation, and that's what's being reported, what South Beach Gary just said, that he had asked to get out of the room with Jalen Jones, his roommate, and wanted to uh, be moved, um, sniffed something, didn't like the situation, whatever it was, and it didn't happen. That's bad on the Gators. That's bad on Dan Mullen. That's bad on the coaching staff. And I think it also leads to something else we want to talk about in football, not just college football, but in football. And I think especially this day and age, we have to be uh, more careful too, uh, and it will really piss off the old folks <laughs> that get off my lawn people but i do think coaches have to be privy to it so we'll talk more about the gator situation a bit but we have so many comments about telvin smith right now that i want to get to some of those because we appreciate you uh, engaging in the program here in the afternoon on action sports shacks on espn 690 brent martin austin lane scott in for coos and picked a fantastic day to do it we're keeping him busy Andy Moore is a, a fantastic listener of ours. Interesting to me that there appears to be a lack of contact between the organization and its employees. As someone who had a career in management and leadership roles, I would have expected better info slash a clue from my management team. Is it that different in sports? We'll get Austin's thoughts on that in just a bit. He kind of indicated a little bit about it when he was talking about his Chicago situation. And if you missed that in the last uh, 45 minutes or so, 
Make sure you go check out the show on the podcast, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, or watch it back on any of the video platforms, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, or YouTube. But it was an interesting story Austin told about the Chicago Bears, his time there. And I would say, Andy, I, I don't know if... I think when people are upset or there's a rift, I think lack of communication does take place. I think what also usually takes place is at least communication between an agent and the team, even if it's not between a player and the team. And we can tell you that there has been no communication between Telvin Smith himself and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It also begs the question, has there been any communication between Telvin Smith and his own agent? because of how this thing has all gone down. And that's a different animal. We don't know that, but I think it begs the question, is he communicating with anybody other than Instagram about what his plans have been and what he's doing? So I think there's some concern on that front um, from a Telvin Smith communication standpoint. And I don't really know if this is all on the franchise. I think they've tried to reach out. Doug Marone said it initially that he hadn't heard from him. And then a day later, he hadn't heard from Jalen Ramsey, by the way, either, at that initial news conference uh, in April, in the mid-April. And a day later, he had talked to and had a good conversation with uh, Jalen Ramsey. But none since with Telvin Smith. So very peculiar, and that's what got people uh, eyes perked. Uh, The red flags were drawn. And here we are today finding out an hour and a half ago that Telvin Smith will not play football in 2019. Matthew says, wouldn't Telvin be upset if Jags cut him and didn't say anything to him first? Same thing, just the other way around. So, again, we can talk about the levels of communication, how much the Jags thought they might know or did know. They did not know at 318 today he was going to say, I'm not playing football uh, in 2019. And so that's uh, a little bit of the sticking point. Mike K chimes in. Hope he's doing well up in Philly. He's got a, uh, a nice young son. Uh, with a fantastic name, named him after me. Uh, Mike's son is named Brent, so I appreciate him doing that. Uh, I have to send the, the, the little guy a gift uh, soon. I haven't done that yet. But uh, he says Najee Good can play Will or Mike Linebacker. And I think these guys, Alexander, Good, Wilson, the veteran guys they signed, I think uh, collectively have about 18 years of experience. But they also collectively have like 10 games started in the NFL. They're more depth guys and special teams players. But it's a good thought, Mike. Uh, I, they can play there. So they add depth to those spots uh, for sure for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of people aren't buying that the Jags didn't know that this was going to happen today. I can only tell you what I know. Um, and uh, they didn't. Here's one for you, Austin Lane, as we welcome you back from a little photo shoot. Mark Silverman says, should we run a 3-4 this season? And this is something you've talked about quite a bit. Does this move, does this move, from now that you know Telvin Smith's not going to be a part of it, change the scheme? So it was what I was campaigning for when they got Josh Allen. Uh, and if you go on, if you go back and watch my breakdown, um, I kind of bring up a 3-4 defense that Dom Capers ran a little bit with Green Bay. The issue was with Green Bay, though, they had Clay Matthews, that outside linebacker, but they didn't really have another bona fide one. Because, like I said, and I said this literally, so I'm a little out of breath. Too. I literally ran here. What kind of conditioner are you in? <clears throat> I mean, seriously. Easy. Three minutes, five rounds in a cage. You walk up a flight of stairs. Go no, take, no, first take of all, a picture. First of all, I ran up the flight of stairs, and I was nervous because I, I was lost. Because, hey, and I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot here, but if you have a door and a sign that says, don't open, alarm will sound, 
Well, then abide by that rule because the door that I came in to take the pictures, when I went back through the door, it said, don't open the door. Alarm was on. I'm okay, well, I can open the door, am I? Well, something tells me Austin Lane in Iola, Scandinavia, Wisconsin, at 16, 17 years old, was busting down that door to hear that alarm sound. Oh, I was kicking down doors. Let's be honest here. Maybe. But uh, just, just to be fair, though, I mean, don't put signs up that aren't true then because I was, I was lost and I'm running around like, where do I go? Where do I go? And well, then, backstory here in the building. Yeah. See, we had. I've been here for more than a decade mm-hmm. on the TV side. See, we're in our building. We're a TV side and a radio side. Yes. Well, the, the one of the enemies used to be on the. It used to be Clear Channel altogether. Okay. But then it split. TV sold a couple of different times, but ended up with Cox Media. Yeah. On this side of the building was radio, which was another radio entity. Yes. Yeah, kind of like the Sharks and the Jets. A little bit. Uh, or Giants exactly. and Jets. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's the, there's oh, the you're talking about West Side Story. Yeah, dude, I'm not talking about football. Be cultured. I'm talking I, about musicals, bro. I came up with West Side Story pretty okay, quick. That was, that was pretty impressive. Scott ran uh, that one, man. <laughs> you're all in it, buddy. <laughs> I get an attaboy for that one, I think. But, uh, so anyway, it used to be split, but to the point where there's some bad blood. So the doors that kind of separated mm-hmm. didn't open. Okay. You couldn't get them open. Gotcha. Like, I had hardly ever been on this side of the building in my decade here until this started. Well, and, and, that, and that's when Cox Media Group we moved into this on the radio side. They used to be down South Point. So now we're one big happy family. But And now the door's open, and so some of those signs are probably older signs. Well, there you go. And the problem that I had was I went through the door to get to the studio where they're shooting the, the TV shows, you know, like the, the news shows. Yeah. And you jump right in, 5 o'clock news, John no, Bachman so, and Tanika No, Hughes. but here's the stressful part. So they're getting ready to shoot. So me and Marcel had a quick take of my pictures. Yeah. I ran back out, and then while they were going live, the door that I came through the studio on, it said, if you open the door, the alarm will go off. Well, I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy to open the door. The alarm goes off when they're doing their live shooting. Like, So I was kind of stuck. So I ran around the building trying <laughs> to find someone to help me out. And then eventually I ran into Marcel. He was like, just go through the door you came through. I'm like... Dude, the sign's like, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, sweet. So thanks for somebody not telling me, Brent Marno, that uh, I can actually go through the door. I'm trying to do a radio show here by myself. How'd that go for you, by the way? I thought it was best ten minutes of the show. (laughs) Fair enough. Hi, Al. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what's your three-four scheme? Does Talman change the idea of it? No, I mean, I thought... Again, let's go Todd Wash down in wherever he's living. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, uh, I thought Josh Allen coming to the team changed it a little bit. You did, I know, and you did say that. Yeah, you thought, because... I still don't believe you on that. What do you mean you don't believe me? I don't believe Josh Allen is changing the scheme. I understand what you're you saying. You know how special the, the, the guy had 17 sacks in college. I don't care who you are, you're changing the team somehow. Do you know how special this defense ha- was two years ago, what they have on it? Why change the scheme when everything... I don't want to say everything. I know you're gonna br- you can bring up some things about it, but mm-hmm. th- th- everything's worked. Why would you change a scheme around one player you just drafted? It's not just one player that you drafted. It's putting the best players available on the field. I understand. So when I say a 3-4 defense, I'm saying, and let's be honest, Yannick Ngakwe has played some 3-4 in college, correct? When he played at Maryland, I could have swore he had his, his hand out of the dirt as well a little bit. I don't think he was primarily a 4-3 defensive end, but mm-hmm. I might be wrong there. I, I okay. don't even. I'm not something even sure. To, something to go back and look, look. look. But um, but I think Yannick Ngakwe is athletic enough. If he didn't do that in college, he is athletic enough to do it. And the reason why I stress this so much is, and yes, you can put Josh Allen at a strong side linebacker and keep Yannick Ngakwe at defensive end, and that's fine. And then when it's pass rush time, 
bring Josh Allen down on the line and let him rush. Because the problem I don't want to see happen is what I mentioned, too, with Anthony Barr. When Anthony Barr came out of UCLA, he was a he was an, an athletic freak. Um, he was considered one of the best pass rushers of the NFL in that draft. And what Zimmer did, I think it was Zimmer at the time, what Zimmer did is when they drafted him, they moved him primarily to strong side linebacker. Now, that's not to say it didn't pan out well for Anthony Barr because he's been, I think, a four- or five-time pro bowler. And he's, he's been an all-pro as well. But, but he's not a sack master because his, he moved positions. But, but his highest sack total, I want to say, and once again, going off the top of my head, I think it was four or five. So not a not a, a game wrecker in terms of pass rushing. It's more of coverage. It's more of run stopping. So I don't want that to happen to Josh Allen because I feel like Josh Allen is a key asset on pass rushing. So... The whole thing with a 3-4 defense is it's confusion. And this is what Capers had success in. It's it's confusion. It's which guys are coming to blitz and which guys are dropped back into coverage. Well, if you got Yannick Ngakwe, if you got Josh Allen on the corners, one guy's coming, one guy's dropping back, that puts the offensive line in a bind because now, as opposed to being a 4-3 where it's like, all right, these guys are rushing. Yeah, there might be some stunts. It might be a blitz, yada, yada, yada. But now with this 3-4 defense, especially the one that Capers ran, it's a little more confusion. It's a little more check over here, check over there, check over there. And then the beauty with it, too, with the 3-4 Eagle is that Capers ran the base out of the 3-4 Eagle, but he also ran Diamond Nickel out of the same looks. So the whole time you didn't know if the if the Packers were in uh, their base, if they were in their dime, because the way that defense was set up was um, you can never tell, which I think benefits. Yeah, disguised it well. Disguised it well. Thank you very much. So from that perspective... I'm not mad at the 3-4 defense. I, I'm really not. And then I get people going to say, oh, why, why would you change such a good thing on, on the defense right now? And I understand that. And I, I'm not campaigning necessarily to change it to a 3-4 defense. But I'm just saying, if you go with an Eagle defense right now, you can go ahead and you can put Marcel at the nose. Because the thing with Marcel, which makes, what makes him so good, and this is his calling card out of college, and it's been um, the calling card. We talked about it before on the show, too. It's his footwork. He is so fast off the ball, it's not even funny. Well, the nose technique, you have to be fast because if you get reached in that defense, you're absolutely screwed. So I think you put Marcel at the nose, and then you have the ability in that eagle front, you can put the, the mayor of Saxonville, Clayus. Well, Clayus has been playing primarily five technique, correct? I mean, he, he plays five, he plays yeah. three in pass rushing, yes. but yes. he's used to playing the five technique. All right, cool. Well, go ahead and play the five technique in this eagle defense. Not going to ask you to move out of spot at all. Now, granted, some of your responsibilities may change, but from an alignment purpose... You're staying the same. The only other question I, I would have, if you did go a 3-4, is you have to have another dependable defensive tackle to play that opposite three technique. And if you look at the roster right now, you could say Taven Bryant, but has he really proved himself to be a starting caliber three technique in a 3-4 defense? I would be a little nervous. Corey Legit is a guy that they brought in. Um, didn't offer him anything yet, but I think Corey Legit would be a, a prime pickup if they were to get him for that three technique. But they they did draft Taven Bryan to play more that three technique spot eventually. Exactly. And, and, and we saw better play out of him when he was in that spot last year. We, we I mean, did. it wasn't yeah. like unbelievable, but it was better. And you still have to rely on what you drafted, what you saw, what you invested in to a degree. He's a first-round pick. Let's not give up on Taven Bryan just yet. I, I'm not saying, but I mean... You have to hope you're right on Taven well, Bryan. That's I, I, my I, I, point. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest. I mean, if, if I'm throwing him in the mix, I'm probably going to be a little nervous. I'm not saying that could be a good three technique, but if he's starting uh, you know, against the Chiefs, I might be a little nervous. Um you know, and then we have Avery Jones, who I think could back up um, 
Marcel. I, I mean, I'm not sure if Avery is really a, a three technique, but as of course, no, no, he's backing yeah, up Marcel. He's Darius. backing up Marcel Darius, and I think also too. I mean, I mean if could you, he slide over? But well, he's been backing up Darius. For, and if and you really want and if you're hurting for depth, I mean, if you don't bring in a Corey Legit or some other guy, um, maybe you move Avery to nose technique and put Marcel at that three. Yeah. So. There's options now. But, do again, they have the depth on the defensive line? I I would. I'm not that confident with it. But I'm just saying, if you if you're running about a three four defense, yes, it can be done. But I'm going back to my original thought. I think Josh Allen goes to strong side. Miles Jack goes to. Uh, I'm sorry, Miles Jack goes to weak side. And then you either have Jake Ryan, um, you have Najee Good, or you have Leon Jacobs play the middle linebacker spot. All right. Uh, if you're just catching up with us here and you're leaving work and you're like, what's going on? And maybe you saw a little bit on social media. Well, here's the deal. Telvin Smith has said he will, is not playing football in 2019. He has not had conversations with the football team. The Jaguars finding this out at 318, like the rest of us, uh, via an Instagram post. And the Jaguars have released a statement uh, as well. So let me get you caught up. If you're just uh, getting in your car, here is what Telvin Smith, let me make sure I can read this. Uh, Telvin Smith on Instagram said, It was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I just ask you all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about, but I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I do decide to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love you all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag 10 toes down. You feel me? Love! Exclamation point. So that's Telvin Smith. Uh, earlier today, 3.18, in fact, a little less than two hours ago, right when we were starting the show, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, and that news broke as we told you about it, and we've been talking about it pretty much ever since, what it means for Telvin, what it means for the Jags. The Jags did issue a statement uh, within the last hour. Quote, we will not have a comment about Telvin Smith's statement at this time. We need to have a conversation with Telvin to understand the situation and the circumstances. If there is a way we can support him, we need to understand that. The bottom line is the Jags are saying, and I told you earlier in the show, they have not talked to Telvin Smith. He did not call them and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, guys. I'm retired. They did not know this was the outcome. Now, we can put the tea leaves together and say, just like all of us and on this show the last couple of weeks, that something was up with Telvin Smith. I said it on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30. I said it here on ESPN 690. Something is up, which led to much speculation. Well, the something that was up is that he's not playing football in 2019, and we still really don't know the why. But the Jags smelled that something was up enough to go get a linebacker in the third round, go get a linebacker off waivers, go get three linebackers in free agency with veteran experience. And by the way, the team also cut Blair Brown and Donald Payne today, two other linebackers. So, I mean, this has been, have you ever seen so much movement in linebackers in your life in the NFL within a two to three week span? It's unbelievable. Not to mention the Jags signed Jake Ryan from the Green Bay Packers this offseason earlier in the offseason. So that's kind of where everything stands. We're going to take a timeout on the show. In the 5 o'clock hour, we'd love to get your phone calls. 904-362-9901. What does it mean for the Jags? Oh, by the way, I do want to add this bit of information. From a cap standpoint, which has been one of the most popular questions, I've learned that the Jaguars will get some relief from the cap in this situation. How much relief, all the details of that, we're still learning. But they will get some relief. 
which could, open, which could open that up a little bit, at least create some money for Ngakwe. And if they were trying to move Telvin Smith at some point, that's probably what they were trying to do anyway, right? Open up some more dollars. Uh, we even suggested at one time, did they ask him to take a pay cut? And he got mad at that. It doesn't sound like it from what Telvin's saying. Telvin got wind of some trade rumors, and that's what seems like he's not happy with everybody, and that's why he probably didn't tell the organization of, of what exactly is going on. But the 5 o'clock hour, we got to get to the Gator news because it's big happenings in Gainesville, too, and it's not good, but also more on Telvin Smith. And, and one thing we've been reluctant to talk about too much, but I want to do it. What now for Telvin Smith? Let's talk about it next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jarrett Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, we've been two hours in, and it's been an hour, 40 minutes of Telvin Smith. Uh, just a big story here in Jacksonville. No other way around it, man. Uh, that's uh, what everybody's uh, talking about, and I should say men and women uh, listening to the show. Hopefully you've been uh, doing so. If you want to jump in, 904-362-9901. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Scott in for coups, so things are going very smooth. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost too smooth, you know, like... We're not telling Kuz to turn on a mic. We're not telling Kuz to get a sound or anything. I mean, everything's just been on point. That's what we expect with Scott. Um, he is the reliever. Hopefully one day we can make him a starter. Oh, all about it, brother. Appreciate the kind words. You're all good, man. Uh, uh, I'm we haven't even had to we, go to oh, movie references. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm kind of bummed we haven't talked Game of Thrones or movies or anything, Scott, but it is what it is, man. You know what happens when television Well, you know, there's been a story today, up. so, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, we had a lot of things on the docket. Like the headline around our um, tweet that we share on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Twitch. Um, disregard. It's been all Telvin Smith. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do really want to get to a Gator story as well. I'm not sure. We should probably do a little balling and falling and, uh, and stay in your lane. We'll get to that uh, hopefully quick. But uh, as long as this uh, Telvin Smith story uh, stays hot, we're going to stay with it uh, here on ESPN 690. But before we do that, speaking of smooth. How about a little Vita de Louis tequila and happy hour horn on a Thursday at 5 o'clock? Grab a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. If you're not coming into work tomorrow, uh, be sure to tell your boss. Unless you don't like him, then uh, don't say anything. It's <laughs> very well said. There you Hashtag go. Telvin Smith. Hey, I was. Hey, you put two, two together, not me. I'm just. Uh, I'm just doing the read. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, a way to uh, be topical. He ain't gonna hit me. He can't afford the cost. <laughs> way to way to be topical. Uh, Vita de Luis tequila, locally owned tequila, right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, and shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit vitadeluis.com. Drink responsibly. Please, let's get back to the Telvin Smith story. And, again, we'll have some more on the Gator story coming up in just a bit. So uh, we'll get off the Telvin Smith stuff for momentarily. But I want to talk about Telvin now. What does this mean? 
for Telvin Smith. What's next? I mean, can we predict this? Is his Jaguars career over? Is his NFL career on the verge of being over? It's not easy to take a year off, Austin. I mean, think about your first year out of football. Do you think you would have been as sharp as good going back the next year? Even though you were training and in good shape for, I know MMA, it's a different kind of training. So, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a completely, I mean, it's different though, it's beyond. Totally it's, different. Good, total, yeah, completely different. Timing and everything, it's just, it's different. Um, Especially in that violent game. I think you could take a year off baseball and you could take occasional BP and you take a year off basketball and you can take yeah. jumpers in the, in the backyard. But football, man, I mean, it, well, I don't no, know if taking I, a year off helps. Has it helped anybody? We'll see with well, Le'Veon Bell. I don't think taking a year off necessarily helps. I mean, one would say it's probably going to hurt. I mean, unless you're super hurt and you get your body back to 100. But at the same time, I mean, I was once told that, you know, training camp is so essential. And I was told that, you know, you got to practice every single day, practice like you play. Okay, cool. Well, there's a guy by the name of Cleo Mack who sat out the entire OTAs, sat out training camp, sat out the preseason, goes to Chicago, comes to the first game against the Green Bay Packers and absolutely balls out. Yeah. You know, so there, there are outliers. Now, is Talvin Smith one of those outliers? Uh, I guess time will tell because you mentioned what is Talvin Smith thinking right now, I mean, as the, as the person, I mean, and as the player as well, but like, where does he go from here? And it's important to realize in his message that he sent on Instagram, he did leave it open-ended. He didn't say this is the end. He didn't. He said he's taking the retire. season. Didn't retire, no. And, and trust me, um, this is coming from someone who knew his time was over. Like, when I announced my retirement, I knew I was done. Now, there's always the there, there's the Jason Wittens of the world, you know. There's um, there's rumors that Gronk may not be done, you know. Ben Watson just came out a couple hours ago and said he's going to play for the Patriots. He this did. is a guy that... There you go. That's a great example. Yeah. So, it happens all the time, right? But the fact that Smith didn't even leave any room for doubt that he's going to retire but not even announcing not even saying the r word um it leads you to believe that this is probably just going to be a year thing and he's going to reevaluate himself from from there and see where he goes i mean listen it's got to be hard and like i like i said i say this um with all compassion and um with all thoughts considered it's got to be hard for Telvin Smith, though, because you are kind of at the prime of your career. Um, you didn't have the season you probably wanted the, you know, the, this past season, but two years ago, you're a pro bowler. You know, you're you're kind of the talk of the town, and um, to kind of just put that past you now and to kind of put it on the back burner, which I absolutely get because once again, I mean, family, um, your health absolutely comes first, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's going to be an easy decision for him. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be following his, because he is close to a lot of those teammates, I'm sure, in that locker room. He was kind of that vocal leader, right, Brent? He was a captain. He was he, he, he was a player-appointed uh, captain. Absolutely. Which is, which is al- almost a, a greater honor um, than being a, a coach-appointed captain, because you have the respect of your teammates, right? So he, he was kind of the voice in that locker room, and now he's going to be, you know, on the couch or um, someplace watching the games, and I'm sure he's going to get that itch, and I'm sure he's going to miss it, and then he's going to see where he's at the end of the season, and he's going to reevaluate, and if he feels good and if family's good and everything, then there's not a doubt in my mind that he comes back because, like I said, I've talked to him a couple times um, just in passing, but the one thing that I do gain from him is the fact that he loves the game of football and he's passionate about it. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that you don't doubt. The guy loves to play. I mean, I feel, I feel like he has a great joy for life. You know, um, and and he's a great smile. And I I loved going to a Telvin Smith news conference and listening to him talk. There started last year to be some word uh, uh, about Telvin and, and just some little murmurs and not enough for me to even really pinpoint and say and share or, or say, and, you know, what they were. It just was like these things like Telvin this or Telvin that or Telvin 
that was a little different than what you had heard the first few years. And it's kind of like, really? That's interesting. Are you sure about that? I mean, Telvin? No way. So, and nothing like crazy either, but just kind of things that you would, you, you, people weren't talking great things about him. And so, and you know, people weren't talking great things about a lot of people in that locker room last year with the way things went down. Yeah. So that and sometimes that happens. So well, I also I also put a little bubble up about that because exactly. when things go bad, people start saying things about everybody, and yep. when p- things go right, you hide all the things about everybody that that might be alarming or might red flag you. Of course. So I so I, I want to at least I'm just being honest with you. That's what oh. you hear. Yeah. Um, but let's go with the timeline with Telvin a little bit, and he's obviously a guy that's undersized. Fails a drug test at the Combine, drops a round or two in the draft. The Jags get a great value at him. Fits in this scheme because you can be a fast, undersized linebacker. Not going to fit in every scheme in the NFL. Absolutely not, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's the size of a safety playing linebacker. Yeah. You know, I mean, heck, these days he might be an undersized safety. Well, and, and that's why the whole trade thing was appealing to me because... How many teams would trade for Telvin Smith? And that's not to knock him as yeah. a football player. It's just to it, it's just to call it like I see it in terms of size, yeah. in terms of the schemes that teams run. You lose some potential bidders. Not every team runs partners. the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Okay? Absolutely. So, so that. So he does that. He come 2017. You know, he's a vocal guy. He he probably up until 2017 was a bigger talker than his game was. I think. You know, yeah. because he talks so much. <laughs> that was probably part of the reason. Um, but then, I mean, he delivered in 2017. He was a Pro Bowl linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He delivered on it. He got paid. He got like a $45 million contract. In his career, he has six fumble recoveries, nine interceptions, and how about this That Four defensive touchdowns. He was making big plays. He'll also miss a lot of tackles because of his size, but he makes up for those because he has some of those big plays. Six fumble recoveries, nine interceptions, four defensive touchdowns. So you can live with some of that if you're getting that. And you're bringing up stats, and I appreciate it. You know, I mean, that's that's a huge part of football. But you're also, with Telvin, is he, he was the mouthpiece of that defense. I mean, I would say, like, yeah, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Um, Calais Campbell. I mean, but... But Clayus Campbell's like, he's not the biggest rah-rah guy. No, no, no. With From a rah-rah standpoint, well, yes. I'm saying so, by, yes. By, by a mouthpiece. I mean, he was the guy to, listen, I, I didn't, I wasn't in a locker room at all, but I would guess that if there was a guy to give a pregame speech, if there was a guy to circle the, the defense up and say, it's time to go, let's get a breakdown, I assume it's going to be Telvin Smith doing that. I think and it was in critical times. It's not always. I mean, the guys that we saw, at least. But to okay. your point, I'll give you. A, well, I'll give you an example. Yeah. He would talk win or loss after every game. So those are the guys that you can tell are leaders, in my opinion. Because yeah. even if they got beat forty-five to three to Tennessee on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. he would still answer the bell and talk. Now I'm not saying everything that came out of his mouth was like, really? Did you just see what happened? Like we would question. But um, he would be there. So, which shows me he, he wanted to be the leader. He wanted to be the vocal leader of their defense. Well, that's what I'm getting at, too, where him being the mouthpiece again in practice or whatever. If it wasn't him, then who else was it, Brent? Because it wasn't Jalen Ramsey. With all due respect to Jalen Ramsey, I don't think he's the best no, vocal leader. No, no, no. Leader. He admits he, that. I mean, the, the guy's not. an absolute baller. I think Malik Jackson had a little bit of part of that in him. I think Calais okay. has Ma- that. Ma- Malik Jackson ain't there anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But so, I think they had a few of those guys. But Telvin was one of them. I'm not arguing okay. with you. But, 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 <laughs> but I'm getting at, like, so you have to replace that as well. Because while, granted, maybe Telvin didn't have his best season last year, um, he was still that vocal guy. And those, and it was genuine. There's some guys in the league that try to be vocal that I feel like aren't genuine and that they can't back it up. 
Um, name the position. I could I could name players for days. I'm not putting anybody on the spot. But with Telvin Smith, though, uh, during that Pro Bowl year, yes, he was the vocal guy. I think he was the vocal leader, and he also backed it up. And that's a rare combination. You don't really see that all the time. With, with some of the greats that I played with, whether it was, um, you know, whether it was uh, Puzz or Daryl Smith, I mean, they were fantastic linebackers. And granted, different position. They were fantastic linebackers, but they weren't necessarily the most vocal guys. They didn't have to be. They led by example. I think Telvin does both. I think Telvin, um, his play leads by example, but also just him talking. It actually reminds me a little bit of Lance Briggs. Um, Lance Briggs from the Bears, when I, I, you know, I got to spend a season with him. I mean, Briggs was a guy that did it the right way, but he was also the guy to get the rah-rah. He's the guy, he's the guy to lead. He was the guy to get everybody amped up. And I think that's what, what Telvin Smith does. So from that perspective, But you have a harder too, time doing it when you're not playing that well, like last year. That's what ended well, up happening. You're not playing that well, so rah-rah kind of gets thrown out no, the window. No, and, and that's the one issue where if you're going to be that rah-rah guy, you have to back it up on the field 100% every single time. And, you know, like I said, Telvin didn't have his best season last year, but I think he was still trying to be that rah-rah guy. My point is you have to replace that now. Yeah, yeah. And that's and, a good and, point. On, on top of Does Miles Jack become that guy? You know, the, well, and here's the thing, Brent. I mean, it's... I can tell you, Taven Bryan's not that guy. Do, I don't think Jake Ryan's that guy. Well, it doesn't and, seem like it. And listen, and being in that locker room, it has to be genuine. It has to be who yeah, you are. And yeah. then, like, that's what made Ray Lewis so special. That's what made Lance Briggs so special. It was because they were the rah-rah guy because that's who they were. And they're also great football players at the same time. There are some guys out there that want to put on a front and act like they are that guy, but they're not really built to be that guy. That's a you great know what I'm th- saying? It's a really good thought. It's got me thinking now who will be that guy that's, and that's, that's a great that's, question. that's yeah. a really good thought uh, on that i want to continue on with the timeline a little bit with telvin smith and then we're going to get into some other things but uh we'll hear from telvin smith not about this i don't want to mislead you uh but i think one of his finest moments as a jacksonville jaguar and i'll take you back to that time and i'll also share with you my how things have changed since then it's coming up next on ESPN 690. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Scott in for coups here on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks. And it is 518, which means exactly two hours ago is when we found out and got the news and it broke. That Telvin Smith is not playing football in 2019. Not for the Jaguars, not for anyone. And two hours ago, he announced that on Instagram. Two days after he had sent a verbal message that he might announce something uh, later in the week. He fulfilled that promise. And uh, it was he is not playing football in 2019 in the NFL. Uh, He's taken a, a... year off to take care of himself and his family and that's about as extensive as he he got he did not go into much detail uh one thought about that what's the magic uh, whiteboard say we haven't Just really says, checked uh, in r.i.p to the legion of boom as ah, yeah. cam chancellor was Failed released physical. today from the seattle seahawks yeah um crazy how in a span of a year you know i mean they were one of the best defenses in the nfl and now it's just Sherman, Sherman moved on and just whole room yeah, to everyone just I mean that's the way NFL is though right it is yeah, yeah. It flips uh, no doubt about it I was going through the timeline on Telvin Smith and brought up you know from the draft time to he started becoming a young leader he's he's very influential influential as Paul Puzlesny. Uh there's this moment in November 2016 where Telvin Smith's brother died in Veldosta and he 
missed a couple of practices and did not fly with the team, I believe, that day to Kansas City, Paul Puzlesny went with him to his brother's funeral. And the bond that was created between Puz and Telvin Smith was was really cool. I mean, I was in that locker room the day after Telvin played. He ended up playing in that game with Kansas, in Kansas City. And I was in that locker room, and that thing was emotional, man. I have never... I've never experienced anything like that. It was unbelievably emotional in that locker room. Telvin sat in uniform in his locker for some 45 minutes while we were in there. We did not talk to him. Um, we talked a little bit to Paul Puzlesny once. And Puzlesny, by the way, hung with him at that moment in the locker room for those 45 minutes. And then he eventually did talk to us, say a couple things. But that was a heavy locker room that day. Uh, it, was a, it was a very poignant moment in my broadcasting career. I've never seen anything like it. So uh, hard to describe. One that we didn't want to take video of. It, it felt insensitive to even do. Um, but almost just to be able to illustrate, I wish we had an, a picture or uh, some video of it so I could, so I could illustrate it better uh, to everybody. But it, it was a powerful moment. Like three days later, he had a kid right after. I mean, talk about an emotional time, yeah. right? Uh, he's playing through the highs 2017. He has a fantastic year. I just brought up, I mean, all the stats, right? Nine interceptions, six fumble recoveries, four return touchdowns. Those are big numbers for a linebacker five years into his career. 2017, he gets the big contract. There's a guy with nothing from Valdosta who, who's made it big now. Played for Florida State, now made it big. And then Paul Puzlesny retires. And talk about another poignant moment. Oh, I was there. You were there. Yeah. How good was Telvin Smith that day? Yeah. When and he was really the spokesperson for the retirement ceremony yeah. of Paul Puzlesny. And it feels like that he requested to be that spokesperson. I think so. You know, I think he took it upon himself to send out Puz the right way. And oh. and Scott, I think we have a clip from that. Um, Telvin Smith from Paul Puzlesny's retirement ceremony. Uh, it's, heck, now, what, a couple years old, but worth... Uh, Taking a listen to. I never thought I'd meet somebody who didn't grow up in the struggle that I did and loved the game as much as I did. But I met somebody who understood what hard work and perseverance meant. And we get put together in a room and you automatically bond in jail and we can talk about conversations that you can't have with anybody else. Um, and be purely honest with each other because at the end of the day, you say, well, I love you, brother. Uh, there's Paul Puzlesny and Telvin Smith from uh, Paul Puzlesny's retirement ceremony. I said a couple years ago. Actually, it was just a little over a year ago uh, mm-hmm. now that that took place. And, I mean, he was tremendous at, at Puzlesny's retirement ceremony. It was it was amazing. I mean, it was like I was watching a movie. Yeah. And but what struck me and has struck me since, and since we've been talking about Telvin a lot in the last couple of weeks, all the way up until today where he says he's not going to play, is how things have really changed since then. That was like a big moment. That was a passing of the torch. There was, remember all the talk of what would Puzz do? T-shirts, uh, Doug Marone kind of joked about. Mm-hmm. They put a Puzz standard in the linebacker room down at Jags headquarters. They, they named the weightlifting ward after and him And they now. just did that recently. Yeah. So... There was that passing of the so. torch. You know, it was it was really cool. Coming in, and, of course, all the Jags had a ton of momentum. Coming off 2017, everybody thought Super Bowl bound, at least make another playoff run, and it all collapsed in 2018. And I didn't think Telvin Smith played well in the first game of the year against the New York Giants. And there were spots where he played better, but then there were games where he didn't play that great. Uh, so 
And now we get to this point where was he on a trade block? Is he miffed about potentially being on the trade block? He's not talking to anybody. Doesn't show up for voluntary workouts, even though he's one of the leaders of this football team. Again, his prerogative there, but still no communication. And then we get to Tuesday's message in today. And so my overall thought is, about a year ago, that thing we just played, uh, that moment where the torch was passed to Telvin Smith, wow, man, how things have changed in the NFL career of Telvin Smith. Now it's very, very uncertain. I mean, that's that's kind of the story of the NFL, though, right? It's, it's the turnover, <laughs> you know? I mean... Uh, I remember two years ago, if you looked at that roster, there was only, it was uh, Puzz and it was Avery Jones. And that's the only guys that I started a locker room with. Everybody else was new. So from a turnover perspective, from um, from just, you know, the changing of the guard, it, it happens all the time. And it's a storyline. And obviously now it's affecting the Jacksonville Jaguars and it's affecting us because we're covering it. But, um, you know, it's a narrative that, that happens a lot in, in, in the game of football. And it is, um, you know, if it, if I was at Puzz's uh, retirement ceremony and you would have told me, all right, and you know, in a year and a half or whatever, in two years, uh, Telvin would be walking away and um, he wouldn't be the guy in that locker room, wouldn't be the guy in that defense anymore. I would say you're crazy. I would bet all my money against that. But um, you know, things happen, and like we said, we we don't really know. It, it's so hard to speculate because we don't know exactly. Um, the the stem of these issues. All we have to go off is what a guy put on Instagram, and then we're, we're yeah, breaking yeah. it down, man. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. That's it, what we're left it's with. our job. And, that's and, what we're left with. And, you know, we're trying to put the pieces together, but only he knows, and I'm sure a bunch of those guys in that locker room know, and maybe some of the people, um, you know, in, in the upper brass know as well, but um, they know, and I'm sure eventually more will come to light. But, and, and like, I'm going to reiterate the point again, and that was a perfect example with his speech for pause or. Um, kind of the story you shared with uh, him in the locker room. I mean, yes, you're you're, you're missing out on a, on a pretty good football player, but you're also missing out on a on a pretty great leader um, and a pretty great mouthpiece for that team. And that cannot be stated enough. And the question, kind of going forward now, is who who does become that mouthpiece? And I think there's one guy who stands out above the rest. Um, I'm not sure if we if we have the same guy in mind, Brent, but I think. Yannick Ngakwe has to be that guy now. And the problem with him being the guy, well, he needs to get paid first. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm being completely honest. He's got his own situation. I'm I'm being completely honest. Um, Going forward, and listen, I've never... I think I might have met Ngakwe one time, and that was just a, hey, what's up, and that was it. So I don't know what kind of personality he has. All I have to go off of is what I hear about him and what I see on social media. And um, when you put both those things together, I think he's a hell of a guy. I think he has all the characteristics to be the leader. In the, and not to say Calais Campbell isn't the leader, because I think you know the, the mayor of Saxonville is the leader of that team now. Let's be honest. I mean, that's my opinion. But I'm saying, you know, it's... To, to be that vocal leader, and and, I, and I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to bring Clay's down at all. You know, I mean, I think he's a fantastic leader. He leads by example. Puzz did that. Daryl Smith did that. A lot of great NFL players do that. No shame in it whatsoever. That, that's who he is, and I respect that. I respect the hell out of it. But at the same time, too, you need to have that vocal leader, and I think that's where Ngakwe can come in. Um, I think that's where he can step up, be be the voice of that defense, rally everybody around him. Um, I think his work ethic, his story, being a third round pick. Um, kind of being doubted a little bit, you know, being a six-three kind of guy, kind of a smaller defensive end, mm-hmm. n- not a really prototypical, um, you know, first-round draft pick, you would say. 
but a guy who cemented himself in that locker room, a guy who cemented himself on that defensive line, uh, a pass rush monster um, that has stemmed from his hard work, his mentality, and his work ethic. So I said hard work and work ethic, whatever. But, yeah, you, you know what I'm getting at. So I think you need to pay him, and then you can get that thing started. Because it's hard to be a leader, Brent, if the team doesn't believe in you. And by believing in Yannick Ngakwe, you got to pay him. Yeah, uh, if he wants to take that role, which, by the way, at the end of the year, he said, I want to be a leader on this football team, Yannick Ngakwe. So there we go. we'll see. I still don't see him as a rah-rah emotional guy. And that's and a good point. We're going to try to figure that, that out. I, I well, mean, no, I think I get your point. Though. Yeah. I, I'm not sitting there saying to have pom-poms on. You don't have to mimic what Telvin Smith or Ray Lewis did, but you still have to kind of have a guy that you feel the energy. You feel the vibe. Luke Keekly, even. Like, listen, I've met Luke Keekly before. He's a quiet, soft-spoken dude, but he is the voice of that defense. He's the guy to get guys fired up. All right, uh, Hey, real quick, let's do a quick balling and falling and get some other topics of the day. Yeah. And then uh, i got to take a break, and I want to talk about this Gator situation, and we'll wrap up with Telvin Smith before the end of the show. Uh, your call's always welcome, 904-362-9901. We will sneak those in. We're also going to give away some Blink-182 and a little Wayne tickets uh, coming up, I believe. I think. I might have just spoke out of turn. Are we doing that, Scott? We're doing that. Okay, we'll um, do that in the next half hour. For some, <laughs> someone to go there. We'll see. <laughs> Over promise under deliver. We're doing it now. Uh, no, boy, go get two more tickets. Go get check Somebody else. Uh, <laughs> all right, what you got for balling? Uh, balling, real quick. Before the AFA, I'm sorry. <clears throat> before the AAF season started, uh, the league brought in Marshawn Lynch to do an interview regarding the new league for promotion. Uh, Lynch agreed to do the interview for five thousand dollars. Only one catch. Lynch wanted to get paid in quarters. So the commissioner had to arrange 25,000 quarters uh, to be put together in, in satchels or in carrying bags or whatever you want to call them um, to be sent to Marshawn Lynch's hotel room. He got paid in quarters. Marshawn did the interview. And the best part about this story is besides the fact that he got paid 25,000 in quarters, I'm sorry, $5,000 in quarters, was the fact that the interview never aired. So... (laughs) Talk about, uh, I guess, a complete waste of time. (laughs) It certainly sounds like a complete waste of time. Uh, Here is not a complete waste of time, and that is Albert Pujols. Did you see? No, Uh, I didn't. RBI number 2,000 for uh, Albert Pujols. This guy just keeps on racking up numbers and numbers and numbers. Um, Solo home run the third inning today. Angels and uh, Tigers. Third player in Major League Baseball history driving 2,000 or more. Joining Alex Rodriguez and Hank Aaron. Yeah, quick question for you. Hall of Fame, yes or no? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Albert Pujols, yeah. Yeah, and and the reason being, I know you're asking, is because of the steroid stuff. There you go. Well, he has been, just because this is what we do, we link, he's big and strong, so he must have taken steroids. He's been less linked to steroids. It's been more perception than anything else. It's it's almost like people are like, how has this guy not been linked (laughs) to steroids? Yeah. And so very unfair to him. uh, But that's a culture that that whole era created, (laughs) and that's their fault, not ours. No, it's not it, on us. Dude, I, I, I want to see him go. And, and this is a St. Louis Cardinals uh, player I'm talking about. By back the way, in the day. Well, we can talk later on, but I believe all those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a cool believer that the steroid era guys should have their own wing, but they shouldn't avoid them being in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what about Fallen? Fallen, guy with Kevin Durant. Uh, I think they announced that it's a calf strain. Thank God, not an Achilles injury. But um, I don't know. The, the, the human body's so weird where. You can train year-round. You, you can prime your body for a long season. You can rest and recover. But then you take a random jump shot, a jump shot you've taken a million times, and you come down on it, and all of a sudden something just gives way. I mean, I've seen it a million times. I saw it with a player by the name of D'Anthony Smith. Uh, it would have been my second year where we're just literally we're in OTAs going through the bag drill. D'Anthony lifted his leg up a little bit, and I heard a snap. 
and his Achilles was literally like a rubber band up in his calf. Amazing. And it's just, it's amazing just like the small nuances that you can go through um, where you get hurt. I don't know. It's just, it's wild to me. It's falling. <laughs> Good news for your, uh, everybody around here. Gardner Minshew has been signed the sixth round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars did make some moves today. That included cutting Cody Kessler. So now four quarterbacks on the roster. That includes Tanner Lee, who I don't believe will be around too much longer after rookie minicamp or at least some of the OTAs. We'll see on that. But uh, uh, Tanner Lee and Gardner Minshew. Uh, Alex Magoo, and, of yeah. course, Nick Foles, uh, the four quarterbacks on the Jaguars roster. Now, my fallen coming up next, and it's got to do right now with what's happening in Gainesville. That's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back here to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Scott, let's hear from Steve Kerr last night. He had the quote of the month, baby. You know, got it done today. I don't know if you're a soccer fan, but... Uh, Liverpool yesterday came out with just one of the great wins in soccer history. And after the match, uh, their manager Jurgen Klopp said, uh, "He said, I'm, you know, the the young kids in Liverpool are probably asleep by now. So, so I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But our our boys are giants. That's what he said. <laughs> and uh, I know how he feels. So I apologize to my mom, who uh, is probably watching, but." Our guys are. <laughs> Bam! Done. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you can fill in the blanks yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about uh, that? Was a good quote from him. Uh, I like Steve Kerr a lot. Yeah, he's a cool I, guy. I'm not really like a rooting for Golden State, but uh, I like I like Steve Kerr. To me, he's like the new school Popovich. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. Uh, all right, back to Telvin Smith's situation in just a moment. Uh, Got to get to the Gator situation right now. Chris Steele has been put in the transfer portal. This, uh, this is your phone, by the way, Chris. And this is my phone, yes. Uh, it, there's a lot going on here in Gainesville. The Jalen Jones situation last week, right? We had Will Salmon on from The Athletic. We're all talking about it. And then the next day it came out, it was a sexual battery yeah. situation. And that was not good, right? Obviously not good. He was in the transfer portal. He had 50, He was there for three, four months on campus in uh, 15 practices. And, and that's it. Well, now news late last night that Chris Steele wants out in Gainesville. And this is a five-star guy. Top recruit in 2019. And... He wants out of Gainesville. Yeah. And the reason being, in the story at least, again, this isn't Florida sharing all these stories, but the stories are out now, <clears throat> that he had asked to get out of rooming with Jalen Ram- uh, Jalen Rams, I'm sorry, Jalen, uh, Jalen Jones, and it was either denied or just ignored. But... It sounded like the defensive back, the five-star kid, was was making good judgment, smelled something, sniffed something, didn't like the situation was in, and, well, it didn't matter. 
Dan Mullen, the Gators coaching staff, didn't do anything about it. Uh, and now we see months later, he's gone and there's a sexual battery allegation against Jalen Jones. So, and, uh, and apparently in the report, Steele is accused of doing nothing wrong. So there's no accusation. Yeah, this on is just him. him wanting a new dorm mate, so, a new roommate. So we've got we've got a situation where four star guy, quarterback, five star guy, defensive back are into the transfer portal. Very different, re- differing reasons. You got the Lakeland running back who's a five star. Dan Mullen doesn't get him. Uh, heck, even if you want to go back to Carson Beck, the kid from Mandarin who led the Mustangs to a state championship, picks Georgia instead of Florida. What's going on in Gainesville? And the bigger story here to me is, at least in this situation, if this is all true, why wouldn't the Gators coaching staff take care of this? So, listen, all we have to go off right now is that Chris Steele wanted a new roommate. That's all we have to go off of. That's it. Now, that's not to say... In the next couple of days, Brent, we read something else. And, okay? and again, and and we a, have to preface it with that. That's a possibility. The Gators are not coming that out that we in that kind of world, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. that's what we got to go with. So with what we know right this now. This is coming from Chris Steele's camp, obviously, is, yes. is the point. Yeah. I mean, maybe something comes down the line, which, I mean, that seems to be the trend these days, and I hate to say it, but maybe there's some kind of assault charge on his case or like a failed drug, whatever. But all we know right now is that he wanted a, room, a new roommate, and the Florida Gators and Dan Mullen didn't abide by that uh, rule. And in doing so, he's leaving. That's all we have to go off of. So when I first read this story, and all I read was Chris Steele uh, in the portal due to college roommate not being uh, switched over. That's all I read. So my immediate reaction without reading the article was, well, this is just ridiculous. This is uh, this is entitlement at its fullest. This is not what the portal was put in place for. I mean, where do you draw the line? This is outlandish okay that was my first reaction but then actually i read the article and he wanted a new roommate from jalen jones now listen i don't know what kind of guy chris Steele is never met the guy um didn't even hear about him until i read about him to tell you the truth i mean i knew he was a big high school guy but i don't follow chris Steele. okay with all due respect so you know where i stand on the whole um domestic violence stuff okay mm-hmm. i don't i hate it Okay, I absolutely hate it. No second chance guy. No second chance guy. So, if Jalen Jones was his roommate, and if Chris Steele was like, listen, I know what Jalen Jones did. I don't agree with it. I wasn't raised that way. I want a new roommate. Then I'm not mad at him for doing that. The, the, a part or of even be, if he smelled something was up. Exactly. He didn't think he was a good be, dude or be, something like yeah, that, right? Because a part of me would be like, well, guess what? You're, you're going to have people that you work with that you don't like. You have to learn to get along with them. You you have to learn to get with along with people that you don't like because guess what? That's called the real world, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But in the same time with Jalen Jones, well, if it was me, I probably wouldn't want to room with the guy either, especially if I didn't know him. Um, we can't be friends, dude. I mean, we can be teammates and I'll pass by and uh, if we're on the field, I'll have your back, whatever. But as far as living together, maybe I wouldn't want to be his roommate at the same time too. So, like I said, all we have to go off of right now is what we read. Now, Something might come down the line where Chris Steele's in trouble as well, and we'll take it from there. But from what I've read, um, you know, with, with with my morals and everything, I guess I can't be mad at him. All right. And that's how I feel. And, and, well, so, and one more question. If you're Dan Mullen, just, just get him a new roommate. Well, that, that's not that hard. And that's the issue, okay? You know, it's a, uh, by the way, good on Steele if he recognized something's up, and sooner, uh, months later this guy's got a sexual uh, uh, battery 
allegation against him. I mean, that's a smart kid. That's a kid seeing something here. And forget about the football stuff, but it's also a five-star guy seeing something here. Yeah. This should be one of your – these are one of your blue-chip guys. Like, you almost do anything for the blue-chip guys, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is on Mullen and his staff. And, of course, Mullen's the face of it. So it's whether whoever takes care of this stuff for Dan Mullen, this, if true – if this is why this has happened, this is on Mullen. You've got to take care of this stuff. You've got to. This is what happened. There. This has been a clean deal for Dan Mullen up until these last few weeks, and now all of a sudden things are not going so well in Gainesville. The momentum has stopped big in a big way and, and spiraled in a bad way. And so, from that standpoint, he's got to get those things under control. I say this all the time. One thing, two things, heck, even three things. You have 90 guys, 100 guys, college kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, away from their home for the first time. Not always the nicest guys, but they're entitled, and some are great football players, and you need those to win. You need some exceptions. You need not all angelic players, as Dave Caldwell once said, uh, for the Jaguars locker room. I get it. I get that. But you've got to be careful when, this, when, the, when it starts sliding down a slope here. And it feels like there's a slope that the Gators are on. Uh, and who knows where it stops. But bigger than that, I want to take it from a broad point of view. This is the way I interpret stuff like this. Dude, who cares? Like, football guys are tough. You're supposed to be tough. You're supposed to deal with it, right? That's the mentality of football people. No, it is. You're, 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 you're absolutely it. right, Brent. What you're not allowed to be is sensitive at all to anything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A free thinker. Something to maybe make a decision like, hey, I'm making a smarter decision even if it's not the the best interest of the team type of decision. Go against a coach type of decision. Those things are not accepted a lot of times in sports in general. And I really feel like in football. It's a tough man sport. It's a yeah. tough guy sport. And you're going to do this way or you're going to do it my way or the high or the highway for you. And it's as simple as that. And so it's almost reeks of that if true. And, again, you got to say if true. If these things come about and this kid just wanted out of a dorm room. But you could also see a situation where it's like, dude, tough it out. Who cares? Are you serious? Like you want to move Joe? Jalen's fine. Those You've got to be, in this day and age, I think coaches, old school mentality football guy. It wasn't too long ago that old school football guy was right. An old school football guy, we live by every rule. And you know what happened? The Bobby Knights of the world went away. People like that. But we they now, get weeded out. They get weeded out, and society has changed. And coaches have to adapt to that. And again, I am not putting Dan Mullen in the, like a Bobby Knight kind of thing. I'm not saying that. But I think coaches in general have to keep an eye on the way they rule with the iron fist with no – with blinders to the sensitivity of certain things. And this might be an example of that where they just said, screw you, man. Tough it out. I mean, you're a freshman. You don't get any say around here. You're a fr- – well, this kid was smart potentially in trying to get out of this situation and he almost might have been grouped in with a very bad situation. And I'm, I'm going to say this again. Once the, and I'm going to speak for both of us. We don't know yeah, um, if there's yeah. anything else afoot here. All we have to go off That's of is what we've read. That's why I like to take read. it broad because I yeah. think I'm not going to 
kill Mullen for this just yet. Although well, again, it's trendy. Well, I got but, something to say about Brent. I got something to say about Mullen though here. But go ahead. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying from a broad point of view, I think football in general has to be a little bit careful of that kind of stuff. That that you're a tough guy and I don't care what you think type of thing because it doesn't work anymore. Whether you call kids soft, get off my lawn guy, old school mentality, it doesn't matter. You're not getting away with it anymore. So you better be careful. Simple. You, this you is either a, this adapt was almost or you die. a really it's, bad situation. I say it all the time. You either adapt or you die. But getting back to Mullen thing. So, okay. We don't know all the details. What we have to go off of is Chris Tijuana, a new roommate. His roommate was Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones turned out to be pretty much a not-so-good dude. So either Chris Steele uh, has the background where he's like, I don't want to be associated with him, or I don't want to be in the same room as him because I don't want to beat the dude up for what he did. I mean, whatever the, whatever, whatever the pick your story, whatever it is, I think Chris Steele was in the right because he wanted a change of environment. He wanted to do the right thing. So you go to Dan Mullen, you go to the coaching staff, and you request it. Okay, I get it. You're a freshman. And you know what? Take the five-star, four-star, threes. I don't care. You know I don't care about stars, Brent. I don't care how many stars. It could be a ten-star, whatever. I don't care. The fact you of the matter is... no star, and I was like a negative star. There so. you go. So I really don't care. I'll tell you something. And now you're all stars. How about that? Hey, smash mouth. You're an all star. All right. Uh, but getting back to it. So take that, take that all away. The kid... Sense that something wasn't right. If you're Dan Mullen, those are the type of guys that you want in your locker room. The guys that are going to do things by the book. The guys that are going to be leaders. The guys that are going to be outstanding members of society. Because I've seen Dan Mullen press conferences, and that's what he preaches. So you're theoretically not going to give that guy the, the request that he wanted, and now what's going to happen? You're going to lose him. You're losing a guy that you wanted to build your team around. Congratulations. Now, once again, maybe something comes down the line where Chris Steele did something else, and if that's the case, then I'll say I was wrong. But from what I know right now, you're losing a good kid because you wanted to do your old school approach. Yeah. And guess what? It, it, you, you can't do it. Yeah. There, there has to be some kind of um, come-to-Jesus moment or whatever, but... Times are changing, we, in the words we, of Bob Dylan. Yeah, we talk about kids and say they're immature and they make bad decisions. Well, this at least, again, I, I, and you keep prefacing it and you're doing the right thing by doing that, but of what's out there right now, this is a good decision by a kid, a mature situa- decision by a kid to recognize, I ain't hanging out with that dude. So I tell my kids every day, like, your biggest decision you will make going to high school is who you hang out with. Yeah. And I can't control that. Yeah. We can't we can keep you in this bubble as long as possible. We we can't control who you're hanging out with. And by the way, that doesn't always mean you're hanging out with bad kids, mm-hmm. but they might make bad decisions. Yeah. And this kid seemed to have <clears throat> sniffed that out and to no avail and, and now he's out of there. And by the way, on a football standpoint, if you just strictly care about the football part of this, and I know many Gator fans probably do, uh, at least care about it to some degree. I just brought it up. They lost the five star running back. They didn't lose him, but they, they didn't win that battle. Clemson got him. Carson Beck, quarterback, goes to Georgia. And then most recently now, you lose a Jalen Jones situation, with it, which he created. But still, you lose a four-star quarterback that was on campus. And now you lose a five-star defensive back, most likely. He's in the portal. Doesn't mean he's definitely going to go. Maybe things get, get remedied here. But from a football standpoint, whoa. I mean, that's not good. And the, losing a lot of talent. And the issue I have, too, is not only is it an old-school coaching mentality... 
But a lot of football fans still share that old school mentality as well. I'll give a prime example. When I got cut from the Jaguars, I wrote a story on Sports Illustrated about it. And I literally shared everything in my heart and soul. I mean, I even put the part where I was crying in the parking lot of my truck. You know, I, I didn't spare any detail whatsoever. Now, I would say 70% of the feedback that I got was like, wow, you really brought it down to earth. I mean, you know, I was fired for my job, too. I didn't know we had so much in common. Yada, yada, yada. I tried to take the play off the pedestal. But 30% of the people were like, oh, you cry, baby. You like, harden the F up and everything. Okay, cool. I mean, then I'll harden the F up. If you want to go tell me to harden the F up, meet me in the cage, and I'll harden the F up on you. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Yeah. So, like, I'm just saying, like, it sucks that there's a fan base in football that is like that as well, well but th that's a sign that there are going to be Gator people that oh, are mad at Chris Steele for yeah, leaving because go of them. this. Like, they'll be the same way. So, exactly. that's a weird weird environment we live in with sports at times, especially even on the, the college level. All right, when we come back, we give away Blink-182 and a little Wayne tickets, plus a final thought on the Telvin Smith situation that broke right here on ESPN 690 earlier this afternoon. Hey, it's Mike Olin from Gola Goingo. You're listening to Catch Two Sports Jack with our friend Glenn Martineau on ESPN 690. But you got to the magic whiteboard as we wrap up a crazy, crazy Thursday here on Action Sports Jacks. Just telling everybody to have a good uh, Thursday. Oh, how about that? <laughs> pretty, pretty basic. Well, I feel like I've exhausted myself through this whole day on the radio, so I didn't have much left on the whiteboard. This is new for you right here. Yeah. This yeah. New. I mean... Uh, a part of me is a little disappointed because we were going to talk marijuana in the NFL, and I, I had a big rant. Where are you going with that? I was going to get... What it's the? okay. I didn't pull pot songs, so we can do it tomorrow. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm saying that like, I was doing some research. Brent, I was getting ready to save come it? bring my Skip Bayless on you, and I was going to go it? on this giant rant, and we'll have to save it for a rainy Skip day. Skip who? Skip Bayless. Please don't bring that. Um, oh, trust me, I'm not right. a fan. Hey, let's give away Blink-182 and Lil Wayne tickets uh, coming nice to Daly's yep. Place uh, in July. Uh, how about caller number 5 for Telvin Smith's 5-0? There we go. Can't get caller number 50. Well, we could. 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Be caller number 5. Win Blink-182 and Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne tickets. I keep saying little. Lil Wayne. Can't say the T's. Uh, 904-362-9901. Uh, you can jump in on that. Just a couple minutes left in the show. Obviously, the big story today. We'll continue to follow it on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 all night long with our Action Sports Jacks team on the TV side. But, uh, by the way, someone just said, Austin Lane, when's your next fight? We don't know just yet, but maybe coming up this summer. Fair enough? Uh, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll have some announcement here in the next couple weeks or so. All right. Uh, That's all I can say. Dontavious Russell... Uh, Gardner Minshew, the 6th and 7th round picks of the Jags have been signed today. Little news there. Donald Payne, uh, Cody Kessler, and Blair Brown cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars, released by the team today. And then the big news, Telvin Smith announces on social media during our show today, uh, not that he did it live with us, but on, on Instagram, that he will not play football in 2019. Let's recap it quickly with... How stunned are you still, after we've talked about it for three hours, essentially, Telvin Smith won't play ball in, in the fall? Yeah, obviously I'm stunned. Um, we knew something was up, but I don't think it, we knew it was to this magnitude. At the same time, like I said in the beginning of the show, listen, um, 
you're a football player and that's what you do, but it's not who you are. So if you feel the need that you need to take time off to get your health right, to get your mind right, or to get your family right, um, I applaud him. I know it's a hard decision because I know he loves the game of football. Uh, so I got nothing but respect, and I'm sending him good vibes all day. Yeah, and I think everybody's doing that. We now wonder what is next for Telvin Smith, more so than I think we even wonder what is next for the football team. They have a lot of linebackers on the roster. They got guys who can play multiple spots. I actually think the football team is going to be okay. You brought up a good point. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Who becomes that emotional leader on this football team? You need one or two of them, right? Yeah, so let's go ahead and pay Yannick Ngakwe, get him on the team, and uh, lock him up. Think about that. Some homework overnight. Who becomes the emotional leader? Telvin Smith certainly had that capability for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019. Who fills that void? And uh, we'll continue to try to develop more details about Telvin Smith. Once again, one of the big questions is the cap. The Jags should get some relief from the cap in 2019 with the news of Telvin Smith. He was due $9.5 million uh, this year. We'll follow it more on TV, Fox 30, CBS 47. You can go back and watch any of the program. Basically, the entire show today was dedicated to the news of Telvin Smith this afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. For Austin Lane, Scott, I'm Brent Martineau. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.